jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thank you guys so much for being with us here for episode number 227 it is monday june the 14th 2021 and we are here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling yet again i'm joe Murata. i'm joined by michael quinn how you doing there michael Howdy, summer is rapidly approaching michael how you feeling about it you mean rapidly rapidly approaching rapidly approaching already summer out next week actually it's like hot as crap outside it's hot as crap and guess what we're gonna talk about the hottest crap in the world of retro wrestling quinn that's what we do on this the hottest if this is your first episode get ready for some hot crap that's that's our catchphrase (laughs) that's what we do around here thank you guys so much though in all seriousness for being back with us here hope you're having a good start to your day wherever you might be we do have some topics in store for you, but before we get to that, a couple of uh, housekeeping items. You can follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Now, that used to be for the clips. Yeah, the clips. No we don't more. do that anymore. Uh, they got mad. <laughs> someone got mad someone somewhere. Someone got mad somewhere in the world. So we don't do the clips right now, but still, if you listen to the show and you have a Twitter account, follow us there because we still post stuff on a daily basis funny pictures how about that that's a unique concept Whoa! <laughs> and uh and maybe questions wow wow incredible but really just keep up with us on twitter at ovp podcast on twitter and of course you can always email the show if you want to at ovp podcast at gmail.com that is ovp podcast at gmail.com but quinn one place that's still there everything's still okay there mm-hmm. if people want to talk to you and me in a over a thousand other retro wrestling fanatics is where facebook.com slash caribbean it's yes. the hottest facebook group in the caribbean that's right it is uh you don't have to be a jerk to be in that yeah, one if you know yeah. what i'm saying well you know they got uh, that caribbean facebook they got um, a search bar oh okay. you know this is how you're gonna get to our island in the caribbean here. okay what do you got you type in the search bar our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast big bang boom tubes gork kafloey hit the join group you're in you're in, and you're only agreeing to one rule, which normally we'd say we would say is don't be a jerk, <laughs> right? Caribbean. But it's don't be what? <laughs> don't be a dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. And it should be jerk. Just for in this, this case, week. it can it, be it right. Makes sense. <laughs> don't yeah. be a jerk. And yeah. if you don't know what that means, ask a friend or a relative what the, what it means to not be a jerk on the internet. It means come and discuss retro wrestling, post questions, topics of discussion, argue if you wish, debate. No personal attacks. Nothing like that, okay? It's a it's a fun time over there. We really do our best to keep it fun. So don't be a jerk, okay? Mm-hmm. When you go to don't, our Facebook Don't group. be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. Also, speaking of jerks, Hulk Hogan was at WrestleMania 9. And if you want to listen to our review of that, you can get our WrestleMania 9 review and every prior WBF pay-per-view review at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. And guess what, Quinn? The jerk returns next month for King of the Ring. Yeah. And yes, we like Hogan generally, but not in 93. This is his worst year it's a bad thus year. far yes. in, the, in the PPV reviews. And if you want to disagree with us, you feel free to do that. Uh, and you can listen to the reviews on patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But Quinn, it's mm-hmm. time to uh, talk about that hot crap. Yeah, the hottest of crap. Now, if you haven't been following along, folks, maybe this is your first episode. Every now and then, Quinn and I get asked to host a game show. Yeah, every now and then. Every now and then. Not often. You know, uh, we do our best to host the show. And this one... 
This is a great one because we've asked you, the fans, to go to our Facebook group and to post an opinion that you hold near and dear to your heart about retro wrestling and end it with change my mind. And we've talked about a lot of different things. We talked last week about would Dusty Rhodes have been a bigger star than Hulk Hogan in the WWF? We talked about, of course, the screw job because no one ever talks about that. A hot topic. It's a very hot topic. And this week, we're going to see if we can Welcome back to Change Your Mind, the OVP game show, where we see if we can change your mind about a subject from retro wrestling. Quinn, we've got a brand new contestant for this week. Oh, we do. We do. Now, his his name on Facebook is not his real name. Uh, I'm not going to reveal his real name because it's not on Facebook. Oh, okay. So on Facebook in our group, he's known as Gil Jeff. Gil Jeff. Gil Jeff. Gilfish Croissant. Gilfish Croissant. Please, please don't start. And what Mr. Jeff, this one's just for you. Oh, it is. Okay. Kona Crush is Mm. the best crush. What? Change my mind. (laughs) He's horrible. What are you thinking? (laughs) Well, (laughs) Gil Jeff, what are you doing? Let me just get to, um, normally Quinn and I both agree on these. I actually happen to agree with Gil Jeff, so Quinn, Quinn, change my mind also. Okay. Kona Crush is so fucking lame. He's the lamest crush of He's the them lamest? All. Let's just start when he uh, came about when and he was, um, they they showed the retro footage. Okay. Because what we really needed was to find out that crush when he was a child lived somehow in the 80s as a kid. <laughs> with an answering machine with in the an background. With an answering machine in the background. <laughs> and when he was angry or, or I don't know, maybe just, just for happy, fun. Just happy, I think. Yeah, he just crushed soda cans or <sighs> something. And that's the origin. That's why he's crush. When I was growing up, my mom used to always tell me, crush, mind your manners. Yeah, so- Lame. <laughs> crush- Lame. <laughs> crush Brian. Lame. <laughs> crush Brian Adams had uh, several different gimmicks in the WWF, and all of them he was known as Crush. All of them involved being Crush. Being Crush. But just different. And we'll get to Kona, but I, th- I think we wouldn't be doing our job right if we didn't start with the original version of Crush, Quinn. Now, this is shortly after WrestleMania six mm-hmm. in April of 1990 when Axe and Smash at the apex, it seems, Glorious of their career. victory. Right? They didn't need anyone. They had three-peated. They were the best team in town. That's right. Nobody could beat them. And then Bill Eadie decided to go on a Japan tour and have some suspect sushi. Right. Which is also a good band name if you're thinking of forming a band. Well, it was Shellfish. Suspect Shellfish. Yeah, get, the, get it right. I'm sorry Get the about right that. seafood in there. <laughs> and legitimately had a health scare. It's not actually not funny. It was a legit problem. So much so that uh, they brought in Brian Adams, who had been wrestling for a few years <laughs> in Portland and some other places. They brought him in as the third member of Demolition with very little fanfare. No. It was like superstars in June of 90. And Jesse Ventura is like, you see that McMahon crush or whatever. And guess who the third one is? I have no idea. What do you know about it? Crush. Crush. And immediately, he's holding both tag belts and (laughs) acting like he won them, and he's horrible, and he's, like, very much inferior. He is inferior to Bill Eadie, and as most people are, Yeah, if we're being honest, right? Like, Bill Eadie, tremendous worker, Axe was awesome, so Axe and Smash, great team. Smash and Crush, on the other hand... Not such a great team, Quinn. No, <laughs> off They're really not. I don't know. I didn't know anybody can make Barry Darso look bad, but you know, yeah. here he is. Here's Crush marching on in with his stupid mullet and his 
just his name. It's like, look at me. I'm part of Demolition. My name's kind of like theirs. <laughs> like, it's like, it's so stupid. And it's very cue card-esque heel promos. Yeah. Like, we talked about this recently, maybe a couple of seasons ago. Bill Eadie's a great talker. Mm-hmm. And Barry Darso is a very fun talker. You know, very fun, very yeah. entertaining. But Crush just sounded very like, I'm reading these lines because I'm a heel, brah. Yeah, brah. And he didn't say brah back then. But anyway. They couldn't expose that just yet. Couldn't expose the brah. Mm. Yeah. This Monday night in Madison Square Gardens, it's going to decide the boys from the men. Demolition loses to Katow in Tenero WrestleMania 7. What what great, <laughs> What he's, he's added so much. They go from like the best team to just losing to the Hart Foundation and then just being degraded at WrestleMania 7. Like just completely like their jobbers now. Yeah, they, and that's exactly what happened. Crush disappears from TV, smashes there a while. Fast forward now to May of 92, mm-hmm. and shortly after WrestleMania 8. And we get the aforementioned vignettes that Quinn was talking about, right. where Crush, now with like a purple and yellow getup, he's like, Horrible. and back in Kona, Horrible. I used to crush the things, bro, or whatever it's about. But like, literally, his gimmick is that he used to crush shit as a kid. Yeah, that's really creative. That's all it is. What, what, what happened to also, like, I used to be the tag team champion right. that I didn't earn? It doesn't exist. Like, yeah. That's a weird thing. This they, the, they retcon. He's, even though he's got the same name. Yeah, he's new. You're not supposed to know who he is because he doesn't have the makeup on. Right, exactly. He doesn't what? have the makeup on. You're right. Real big disguise hey, over here. It's true. Uh, Clark Kent wore the glasses and no one I knew. mean, here's the thing. is You just hit upon one of the other parts I don't like about it besides the background story that's awful. <laughs> The uniform or whatever he's supposed to be wearing. I, I like it. What, I think it's great. He looks so stupid. And then he has the orange one also. He looks so bad. I think he looks colorful and stands out to kids. Plus his hair now has like highlights it or something. It looks great. Don't make fun of him. Everything about him is goofy and not serious. And then he's like, he's so good that he loses to fucking Gets Doink. embarrassed by Doink multiple Doink. times. Doink! A joke character who's able to just easily defeat him using magic. Yeah, there were not two Doinks from what I understand. Well, yeah, right? it's Doink is like on level with the Undertaker. Right, I feel. similar. Um, yeah, it's it's a similar kind of vibe. So uh, he goes for the body slam thing, as he says on the July Fourth Intrepid thing, the ninety three. Fails at that, of course. He almost gets it up, but uh, he doesn't. And mm-hmm. Yoko is hurt. He hurts his back trying mm-hmm. to body slam Yoko. So like three months later, suddenly Crush comes back. Right. And mm-hmm. he's very mad about Randy Savage, mm-hmm. who they have had nothing to do with each other on screen ever. No. Right? <laughs> like, well, other than Savage saying, Crush is good. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I'm, Shock up. I don't wrestle. <laughs> uh, you know. The grapes were great. Yeah. Well, I guess I should also rewind back. Right after the body slam thing. My back was bothering me from the body slam thing I did at the Entrapment. Yoko fought Crush and body slammed the fuck out of him. And Savage did eventually help. Mm-hmm. But not right away, because he's not supposed to help, remember? He's, Tony's he's, like, he's you the, don't fucking do that. He's the Babe Ruth. He's the Babe. We gotta protect him. Retired Babe Ruth. Yeah. Boston Braves Babe Ruth. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and, um, not even the good Babe Ruth. No, he's minor league The worst Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. Yeah. Coach for the Brooklyn Dodgers Babe Ruth. Anyway, Crush comes back in October. He's very pissed. Now, though, Quinn, you can tell that he's a heel because he has a goatee. Right. And he's got Mr. Fuji with him. And now he's good. He's karate crush, baby. He's very bad. So, in a very good... This is the best crush. This is a good angle. And I'm not going to... The payoff is horrible. And you agree with that. The payoff's horrible, but it's a good angle. And see... Why Why do I say Karate Crush is good? Because already good things are happening. Because Randy Savage is good. Right, but still, I mean, even his uniform is better. He doesn't look like an idiot anymore. I, I, I contest that a yeah. little bit. He's just what? a purple version of Crush. Yeah, but he's got the half paint, which I think is cool. I don't think it is. No, because he's, like, okay. he's got his evil paint, and he's got his... He's his happy. He's kind of like, like, he's technically a good guy. No, he's because, not. But he got mad. 
at Randy Savage for not helping him. I it's mean, all based off, I you know, he was too good a guy. He had to be a little rough. He's got Master Fuji, by the way. And this Master Fuji shit really improves things. What, Quinn? What? Having Master this, Fuji? Having Fuji as a manager <laughs> by like 94 is like not having a manager. The manager of the world champion. <laughs> Shut up. Cornette was the manager of Yokozuna. Not really. Well, the American spokesperson. He didn't even know how to talk to Yokozuna. <laughs> Mr. Fuji had to do it. He doesn't speak Yosh. <laughs> he doesn't speak Yosh. Anyway, Savage and Crush have a very good feud in terms of promos and intensity mm-hmm. because Savage is great at that in the motion and drama. The WrestleMania 10 match is really shitty. Yeah, and I think it's mostly due to, like, the first of all, the style of match. Like, this, like, you oh, have God. to pin him outside and they got 10 seconds to get in the ring. Yeah. But, like, the ending is dumb because, like, honestly, what the fuck else? He had to, like, tie him up somehow. True. Right? Well, like, he didn't have to do any of that, but I guess right, so. Right, I guess he could have just beat the shit that out of him nicer. and then he just couldn't get up. Yeah. But I guess maybe they felt like, well, we can't have, like, Randy Savage, non-wrestler, just beat Crush without any kind of like <laughs> apparatus and things yeah, like, like that, like things like that. Right? Simple machines, maybe. Maybe they were, they felt they were like protecting him. Like, oh, he got fucked. Yeah, basically got tied up. He was like a big idiot too. Yeah, he did look he, like a big idiot for the second year in a row to WrestleMania. I mean, it was his comeuppance for like. Yeah, he needed to come up from that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so there you go. So they kind of don't don't do much with him for the next few months. He well, disa- good. He, <laughs> he disappears off TV. He's randomly in the '95 Rumble. I don't even remember that. (laughs) It's okay. And then a couple of months after that, he gets arrested on actual narcotics and Mm -hmm. uh, weapons charges in Kona in March of 95, I think. We don't see him again until the fall of 96, at which point he's got braided hair, a fake face tattoo. Yes. And a a very different look, like a denim getup. Oh, I got denim vests checking me out. He looks like horrible. And this is like jobber crush right here. Jailbird crush or or, uh, criminal crush. Criminal crush. (laughs) Criminal Crush. And uh, Clarence Mason's his manager. Farouk decides that he wants Crush in the Nation of Domination, which makes him even worse somehow when he's in that. How do you, you know, if you're starting up a new group, the the first thing you should do is not pick Crush. Like, it's like, it should really be on the top of your priorities, like, rules list. I think Farouk made an awful mistake here. Because this guy... Oh. Oh, he was awful. Well, and Farouk knew it, because in June of 97, Quinny booted them from the nation. It didn't take long. And then Crush found his other friends that kind of looked like him. Chains, for example, fake Crush. And Eight Ball. And Eight Ball and Skull. Not a Balkan Skull fan. No, not that Skull. The other Skull. A different Skull. (laughs) And they became the DOA, and he was still Crush. And then he left because Bret Hart got screwed. So now let's talk about the Crushes. Well, there's other, there's one more, there's more Crush. That's the last Crush. Well, I you know he's Brian Crush. But he's the, we're not talking about Brian Crush. In, okay, in, the, in, Brian NWO Crush. Crush. Yeah, NWO yeah, Brian. Don't worry about him. And yeah. Chronic Crush. Cro- chronic Crush. Yeah, but eh, we're talking about Crush, right? Yeah. Demolition is middling. What do you think? It's like it's at least he's got the gimmick. It's only held up by Barry Darso and um, Bill Ed. You're right, and that's he he can't stand on his own. He's not a very. He was only been working for a few years at that point. And I know some people out there like Crush, and I'm not saying that I hate him or anything. Here's the thing. it's He's one of those guys, kind of like Tatanka, where they have a lot of elements, but something's missing. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Crush has a good look. He's a big guy, impressive, physical charisma. He had good hair, though. I feel like that was his <laughs> biggest Achilles heel. His DOA hair was good, because it wasn't braided. Oh, that was his that good was, hair. That was all right. That was okay. But he he's not, Um, he doesn't do a lot in the ring. 
And maybe you would say he doesn't need to, but th- there's something that doesn't connect. He's not a great talker. He's just one of those guys that's like big, and they're like, oh, he could like be yeah. in the Hogan era, yeah, I yeah. guess. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and they kept him around because he seemed like like of the 80s. He just seemed like, yeah, yeah. like he's 6'6", six, 6'8", six, six, whatever the hell he is, 300. But he was never good, and nobody ever really liked him. My kids did like Kona Crush, which is why I think that Gil Jeff is saying Kona Crush is the best. I'm going to tell you so why. Wait, let me tell you why Karate Crush is better okay, automatically. Because remember, ahead. he fought The Undertaker on a boat or something in India. He remember? fought Fake Undertaker yeah, on a boat fake in India. Under, on a, yeah, remember? He did, yes, I remember. So that's automatically. Oh, come on, Quinn. That's automatically a point in, in Karate Crush's favor. He's one of the dullest heels I've ever seen, Karate Crush. He's up there with Tatanka. Mr. Fuji. He doesn't do anything except what do you mean? get punched by Savage or Mr. Fuji. I love Fuji. You know that, yeah. but I don't know. Big surprise. Do we agree, though, that maybe like the Demolition Crush is pretty bad? Yeah, it's pretty bad. Criminal Crush. <sighs> heart Punch. Yeah, Criminal Crush is awful. Heart heart Punch, Quinn. Yeah, and, you know, that was another thing we didn't even mention. I remember watching all these superstars and he's coming back. They're like, get ready for the Heart Punch. <laughs> like, And I was like, wait, what? Stan Stasiak used to use it. Who? Yeah, you're like, what are, you, what are they talking about? And then he just does it and it's just a punch. And I like, I don't get it. I don't fucking get it. Why is this a finishing move? Because it stuns you because you get hit in Hacks the ticker Jim there. Jim Duggan punches people. So does Hercules. doesn't even win with it. I know. Yeah. I think Kona Crush is actually the best crush. I'm going to tell you why. So I'm agreeing with Gil Jeff. Mm-hmm. I think he's got the broadest appeal. I think that he's very colorful and flashy to kids. He does cool power moves. Mm-hmm. And you know what the problem was? Is that they didn't really do anything with him. Any more orange. I think that's fine. No. Hulk Hogan wore bright fucking French's mustard yellow and ketchup red knee pads. He's Hulk Hogan. Crush is not Hulk Hogan. Well, that's for sure, yeah. Quinn. Okay, so here's the deal. What's your wife? Karate Crush is just cooler. <laughs> why is it cr- Because oh, he, he knows martial arts from Mr. Fuji. Have you seen him throw a spin kick? It's awful. He does a chop. He does a chop. So he learned the martial arts. Okay? He's got Mr. Fuji. He's got a good feud. He fought on the Indian boat. Um, he, was that like in Toronto, by the way, or something? Who knows? He's just more interesting. No, he's not. Yes, he is. He's worse. He's way more interesting than Kona. No, he's not. Kona's just like, brah, I crushed cans when I was a kid, brah. And then, like, he loses to Doink. He's not very good. He can't beat Shawn Michaels. He can't beat Shawn Michaels. He's not smart. How does he fall for that, like, blatantly fake hand thing from doing <laughs> it's like not not even Vin, a vince child would think that's real vince thought it was real. He took his own arm off. i think vince was just trying to make him look good possibly which yeah. is hard to do yeah but i think that uh karate crush is stupid too i mean this is a guy that got tied up like a moron mm. what are we a moron here at wrestlemania 10 would he ever win he won nothing no he, he won claimed nothing. to win the tag team titles that's about it as yeah. demolition maybe demolition crush is actually the best version then you see mm. I still think, actually, realistically, the best version of Brian Adams. Brian Adams in general is Brian Adams in WCW. Like, like 98. Yes, because he, first of all, his hair's better. His hair <laughs> his is the beard best is better. it was ever was. It was the best hair he had. It is good hair in 98, yeah, yes. Yeah. And, even, and even feuded with Bret Hart. <laughs> it's true. Did. You know, my friend Brian Adams, he wasn't happy when I got screwed, so I brought him into the WCW. I think a chronic crush is pretty cool looking too because yeah. he doesn't have the facial hairs. And- how did WCW do this better? By the way, isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah, that says all you need to know. He he just couldn't work it out in WWF. He just was not very good. He wasn't very good, and they didn't really do much with him anyway. Right? And I don't know. Is would he, what else could you have done with Crush? 
See, the reason why I think the karate had such a chance is because at least he looks, first of all, capable, and second of all, like a badass, but not like stupid like badass, like criminal crush. He, he kind of looks, looks stupid as, as karate. Karate, at least, it's like he's got... I like it because it's this hybrid of Kona and like evil crush it like is. from like demolition. Like it that, is. That's and he's like, got Fuji and face it, paint. It's, it's the best portions of both. It's got the power of Kona and it's got the deviousness of demolition crush. And it's just, it's just a little bit better. I'm not saying any of these are good, by the way. I'm just saying that if I had to pick uh, any of the crushes, I'd pick the karate crush any okay. day of the week. Well, that's your final answer, I guess. I am with Gil Jeff on this one. And thank you, Gil Jeff. I'm with Kona. Just because I think he had the broadest appeal, and he's kind of good when they let him be good. And, uh, folks, we want you to let us know. Which, <laughs> I bet you haven't thought of this today. What's your favorite crush? You can let us know that, of course, on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. Your favorite crush, we want to know. Uh, but, Quinn, when we come back, we're going to be getting into another round of the best world title changes of all time. That's right. It's the Royal Rankings, and that is coming up right after this. Hello, everybody. This is me, Crush. Coming here just to say, Shaka, and thanks for all the support you've been giving me. You know, Berserker, you're next on my list, brah. And as well as being big and strong, and as we say in Hawaii, quite a bit papuli, brah, this makes you a very, very dangerous opponent. But in order to be the best, you gotta be willing to take on anybody, including the best. This is gonna be one of my biggest challenges yet. I'll see you in the ring, brah. Shaka. When you're new in town, you gotta prove yourself. You play? A little. Lime Crush Diet Irregular, a bolder taste and the juice of crushed lemons and limes. Don't just quench it, crush it, give it your best shot, give it all you got. Lemon Lime Crush, don't just quench it, crush it. And welcome back wrestling fans to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It is episode 227 and it is Monday, June 14th, 2021. Hello there, Quinn. Hi. Crush. Crush. We're not talking Ew. about him anymore, but Good. <laughs> what we are talking about, and it does feature Crush, is our Patreon, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Now, just in case you grunt and groan about this, grudge, gripe, grunt, whatever, we don't do this to get rich. We're not going to beg for your money. It's not that type of thing, It's folks. not. It, it really isn't. It honestly isn't. We mention it like twice, two, three times a show quickly. Here's the deal. At patreon.com slash OVP podcast, we have two extra shows that we do on a regular basis. And this is for people that like what they hear on the regular Monday show, and they want to support us. That's all it is. Every Friday, you get the 1983 canon, which is almost into 1984 now. We're like a couple of weeks away oh, from we're, that. We're, I can smell the 84. You can smell the 84. What we do on this show, folks, is we have gone through every episode of WWF Championship Wrestling since January of 82. And right now, we're just about in January of 84. We're almost there. And it's an audio or video show. You can watch it along with us or just listen to the audio. 
and we're just kind of live watching it. You're hanging out with me and Quinn. Yeah, it's kind of like just sitting with your friends watching wrestling. Sometimes you talk about bullshit. Sometimes yep. you, you pay watch. attention yeah. to the matches because maybe it's good. I mean, it's championship wrestling, so that's subjective, I guess. Sometimes but, something happens. Yeah. Johnson and Atlas won the tag titles yeah, recently. Yeah, that, that was new. That was and, really and new. Interesting. Yep. If you want the free ones, we have older ones that get released also on this podcast feed and our YouTube channel. If you want to get cut off, it's only two bucks a month. And then the highest tier we offer on Patreon is just $5 a month. So you'll get the 1983 canon with that. And you get the monthly pay-per-view review series, which, like we said, right now, out for June, is WrestleMania 9. And coming out next month, King of the Ring 93, which is going to be fun, Quinn, because uh, Hulk Hogan, Yokozuna, big match there. It's our first, like, new pay-per-view in quite a long time. Basically, these are three-plus hours, these shows. And we go through everything the same way we do on this show. You know, we review things, we give our opinions. It's a lot of fun, and people really look forward to them. And if you want to just try it out for a month, all you have to do right now is go sign up, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. It's two bucks or five bucks a month. That's it. And if you don't want to support us or you're not interested in the extra content, we totally understand that. But we like to make it available for the people that have been with us all these years to support us. We give back to you. So patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Michael. Yes. Royal rankings. It's time to rank the best. It's time to rank the best, Quinn. Now, the royal rankings in Royal Flush, which, by the way, you can vote on the new one in our Facebook group. Joe Merkel's got a post up, so go there if you want to vote for next seasons. But the royal rankings in Royal Flush, Quinn, mm-hmm. is where each season, before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. And for this season, it was world title changes. That, that could be WWF world title. It could be WCW. Any world title was technically eligible. Well, it could be de- anything. It could no. technically be anything. But because most of our fans are WWF and WCW fans, that's mainly what we got here, right? When we get all those votes in, what Joe Merkel does is he puts them in the two separate tanks, one for the best, one for the worst. And each week, we pull out two names and we rank them. We alternate. So last week was the worst. Now it's time for the best. By the end of the season, what you're going to have is the Definitive Certified Organic Baptized Ordained USDA Certified Organic and Healthy and Really Good and Nice also. Best and Worst World Title Changes of All Time. Now, mm-hmm. Quinn? Yes. There's already six on the board. It's a busy list. It's filling up. There's really only four spots left. That's it. This is normally where we say it's getting hot and heavy. The nitty and the gritty. Yeah, it, all, both. All, all the adjectives, exactly. if you will. It's also intense. Yeah. So here's what we got, folks. Number one is Hulk Hogan versus Iron Sheik, January of 84. It's important. The magnitude. Mm-hmm. Number two, people were very happy that I was able to triumph over you on this one. John mm-hmm. Cena, CM Punk from Money in the Bank 2011. Well, I, you know, I actually, was I that resistant to this, though? Like A little. A little. I Not mean, a like, lot. I like it a lot. I know CM you do. Punk. Number three, Goldberg, Hulk Hogan. Uh, Very great thing. It led to great things for him. It led to terrible things, but the, the thing itself is good. So yep. You got you to pay for your good things when you're WCW. I guess so, apparently. It, it, co- it costs a lot of your company. It costs a little too much yeah, of the company. Uh, to, to be good. Number four is uh, Steve Austin versus Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 14. Again, very nice ceremonial. Ceremonial, yeah, no. what it represented. Five is a feel-good moment. That'll be The Rock versus Mankind from uh, January 4th, 99, mm-hmm. Raw. And six... I'd like it a real lot, but I never would have thought of it for a top it's 10. It's not something I would have voted Correct. for. Correct. I yeah. really like it. Don't get me wrong. That's, it's not. Yeah, of course. I mean, you can listen to the WrestleMania 8 review to see how much we liked it. Yep. That's Randy Savage, Ric Flair, WrestleMania 8. And just before we get to the Royal Rankings here with Howard Finkel and all that, this is not match quality we're judging this on. No. It's a holistic approach here, Quinn, yeah, right? It's, it's all of the things. The memorability. The what memorabilia. It, what it led to, except yeah. apparently in WCW's case, you yeah, have the memorabilia. 
Uh, basically, all the factors, the build, the context, the wrestlers involved, what it meant, all of that stuff. It's not just how good the match was. You know right, what I mean? That's right. not the point. Match. 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 Well, without any further ado, why don't we go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Rankings. Mankind did it! We've got a new world champion! No, we don't either. It is the Royal Rankings of World Title Changes, the nitty and the gritty, Michael. All of it. All of it. All the nit, all the grit. All the nit and all the grit. And folks, uh, it is going to be tough because obviously there's some great names on there right now. And Mm -hmm. uh, there's some obvious ones that we haven't seen yet. There's also some oddballs. There's also a couple oddballs on there. So I'm excited to find out what's going to be next. I mean, we have six on the board. There's only room for four more. And uh, obviously right now at number one is Hogan Sheik. We're not sure if anyone is going to be able to dethrone that. We really don't know. Could happen today. It could happen today. Any given Monday. Any given (laughs) Monday. That'd be a good shirt, actually. There you go. Maybe it wouldn't, but someone can think of an idea. Anyway, enough rambling here from me. Why don't we go down to the fans, Quinn, and find out who drew number seven. Champion versus champion. Title for title. It's the ultimate challenge. It's WrestleMania. Well, you had to figure this would make it, Quinn. The ultimate challenge. Yes. Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, WrestleMania 6. One of my favorite things. Mine too. Uh, Period. Love it. I love it because, first of all, when the fuck do we ever get champion versus champion, title versus title ever in wrestling? It's It seems like it's more rare than it should be when Very there's rare. like 16 champions constantly. One of the first times uh, the WWF had ever done it. Maybe the for, title for title, you know, if they had ever done that. Yeah. Uh, this match, what I like about this match, and this is kind of similar to Goldberg Hogan in a lot of ways. It is. This is better. Is uh, <laughs> The build for this match relies heavily on the existing backstory and career of both guys more than a real angle. It's not like they, they ever confronted each other until Very like minor. the Royal Rumble. Yeah. yeah. And I like that about it. What you had, obviously, and I'll, I'll make it brief because I know you guys know this, but Hulk Hogan had been the champion on and off, but mostly on mm-hmm. since January of 84. Yeah, it was on all the ice cream bars and right. all the shirts and yeah, everything. Vitamins and yeah. all these things. We know all he that. He owned Hogan, a motorcycle. Right? There's, there were things. <laughs> and he'd only lost the title once, and that was under very nefarious circumstances. He never was, like, really beat. He really didn't lose to Andre. Right. right. And, and as much as, you know, Josh Kuna, of course, appreciates us defending Hogan, but Hogan did get screwed in this one. There's no yeah. way around it. Although I hear the Mr. DiBiase is campaigning or something to make that a legitimate win or something. <laughs> yeah, well, he should. He got it also, he not should've. just Andre. Why not? Trying to overturn that Tunney decision from like 30-something years ago. You know what? Maybe the statute of limitations has expired on appealing Tunney decisions. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. So other than losing it to uh, Andre, very bogus, by the way, with Earl Hebner. How much money did they spend on the plastic surgery, man? I don't know. 
Hogan never lost the title, right? He he regained it from Savage at WrestleMania five, and here we are at WrestleMania six. And Hogan, even in ninety, Quinn up to WrestleMania six, and I know you agree with me. He might have had an annoying phase in eighty nine. Oh, very annoying, right? With Brutus, anytime he's involved with Brutus, <laughs> yeah, it gets very irritating. But for the most part, though, Hogan is still very much Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania six. Yes, he's still the um, like the Hulk Hogan, right? The top guy, the top guy, and the Warrior had. Slowly but surely, since starting in, in the summer of 87, mm-hmm. made a name for himself so much so that by SummerSlam 88, the big surprise win against Honky Tonk Man at MSG mm-hmm. at SummerSlam. And then he's the Intercontinental Champion, and he only loses that because of bullshit as well. Bobby Heenan mm-hmm. hooking the leg. Yeah, and then he has a like a five-star match with Rick Rude at SummerSlam. <laughs> That's just good! It's very good. It's so good. Listen, if you have uh, access to SummerSlam 89, and you haven't watched Rude... Watch the whole damn event, first of all, because it's incredible. Yeah, but but that match specifically is like one of the better matches of the era. Every... Aspect of it with Shivani and Ventura on commentary. The hot New Jersey crowd there. Yeah. The hot crap. The hot right? arena. Yeah, yeah, literally Brendan Byrne Arena. Good yeah. Lord. Watch that match. It's incredible. So Warrior's at his friggin' height. Right. In Everyone's 89. Like, we love Warrior. We love Warrior. Yeah. yeah. Going into 90 and his hair is getting better and better. By the time we get to this match, it's peak hair. Like this is <laughs> This is the best his hair ever got. It's like a little straggly, but also puffy. It's It's... Tremendous. Yeah. It's seriously tremendous, right? It's, it's a thing of beauty, really. He's got like the 1990 DJ Tanner going on, and it's a good thing. So, the Royal Rumble happens. Another great event. Hogan's in it, of course, and Warrior's in it, of course. And oh, lo and behold, the two of them wind up being the only people, and not at the end, mind you. It's not at the end of the match, but at a certain point in the match, it's only the two of them. And we've talked about this in the way Shivani sells the drama of it. Oh mm-hmm. my God, you know, and yeah. and him and Ventura are awesome. And Bobby Heenan stays ringside to watch the confrontation. Right, remember right. that? Yep. Look at this! Oh, Look at this! My God, Hulk Hogan and the Warrior! And no one gets the real advantage. They do like this weird double crisscross thing. They really like this crisscross. They they lo- they think it's so hip. They make them jump, jump. They make them jump, jump as long as they don't miss the bus. Mm-hmm. And uh, sorry. Wear their pants backwards. Yeah, well, that's their Chris Ancrossed. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the Mac Daddy Hulk Hogan here takes on the Daddy Mac Ultimate Warrior in the uh, Royal Rumble. No real advantage, but it leaves the fans wanting so much more because it's so brief. Now, the build after this is kind of goofy but simple. They're I, I, talking about airplanes well, and stuff. Well, I, I don't know well, what yeah, they're talking the, about. The promos are amazing. Yeah. Right? But I'm I talk- mean, they're on a different world. <laughs> totally. Than- both of them. Yeah. Well, Hogan has to like join Warriors level of weirdness. Well, it's not like Hogan it's not isn't, hard for isn't him. capable. <laughs> I, I mean, did you see the WrestleMania four promo? Yeah, right. like, Hogan's visited parts unknown before. I think Michael. Remember when he saved Donald Trump's family right, or of something course, from, like, from 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 like a, a water? Yeah, he he backstroked first, and then, and then he, he realized. pinned people in the yeah. ocean and stuff. Well, you got to pin them. Yeah, he he made sure to specify as they fall to the ocean floor. And I pin them. Yes, it's, it's important. It's a tournament. You got to do. You got to finish them off on the way to, on the way down. Right? You don't want to get DQ'd in the ocean. How is he pinning them? Like, how are their shoulders down? And like, he's going as, to the as, ocean floor, as, man. But as they're sinking, that's what he says. I'm going to pin them as they're sinking. It doesn't even make any sense. So yeah, Hogan. Needless to say, had no problem joining Warrior on this plane. Right. But speaking of planes, Warrior talked about planes. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very crazy time. But the actual physical in-ring build is so hokey. 
other than the Saturday Night's main, and it's good hokey, great hokey, don't get me wrong. Other than the Saturday Night's main event where they team up, remember and they take Earthquake our, wears a brown. Well, that's outfit. a little bit later. Is that on. part of it? Hang on, yeah. But first they. T- <laughs> They take up perfect and genius, right? You fucking genius. And Hogan accidentally clotheslines Warrior. Warrior accidentally clotheslines Hogan, I think, and they get like a little huffy. Yeah, there's huff. There's some huff. There's, there's huff at all of this. There's, there's a lot. It's the huffiest. These are huffy people. Yeah. I mean, you look at them. They sweat a lot too. Very sweaty. But anyway, we get a couple of weeks go by, and Warriors, <laughs> Warriors having a match, I guess, probably against like Dino Bravo or some shit. It doesn't really matter. I think it is, yeah, right? Dino Bravo sounds about right. He's out. Oh, the earthquake can help me. Yeah. And then the earthquake comes in and the brown. That's where the brown is. The, the unfortunate brown. The poop outfit. I feel so bad for John Tenta. It's, it's, the worst part of it is that it's immortalized on WrestleMania <laughs> yeah. 6 because it's like in the recap. Yeah. That the, one outfit, you'll never forget it. Just like fucking Mr. Hanky. Hogan comes out and like Earthquake looks at him dumbly while he's on the turnbuckles yeah. and leaves, right? And gets punched. And Hogan helps Warrior, but Warrior's like, oh, and he has to leave. And he has he's a- upset. <laughs> yeah, he's upset that Hogan helped me or whatever. I don't know what he's thinking, honestly. And a very similar thing happens where Warrior saves Hogan and then leaves. Right. So they're very- I say they're just protecting each other's um, investment. I think at you're WrestleMania. right. I think they're yeah. shrewder than they let on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe it's parts known. I like that time Steve Austin tried to like help Brett. Because he didn't want him to lose the belt. Because you're a loser! Yeah. <laughs> that whole thing. It's yeah. great. You know, your stones are so cold. Yeah. So we get to WrestleMania 6. One of the best WrestleManias, maybe not for match quality, but for fun. Yeah. For entertainment oh, value. There's a lot of fun. There's for comfort. Mary Tyler Moore. Um, oh, there's, there's the commentary. The commentary. The tag title win by Demolition. The tag titles. Rick the, Martel's hair. The wave. The wave. Yeah, the hot dogs a girl a monsoon eats. Rona Barrett. Um, what it was Steve Allen? Steve Allen in the toilet, the underpants, and all that. Barbarian versus Tito Santana, a classic. The mixed tag. Yeah, it's it's, just, it's such a great show. And capping it all off is one of the best main events you could have picked. Mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan defending the world title against the Ultimate Warrior, who's putting the IC title on the line. I want to address one thing because a lot of people have said, "Well, it was a foregone conclusion because why would Hogan win the IC title?" Blah blah blah. And I was curious because I wasn't watching wrestling in 1990. And had I been, I would have been five. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know who would have won. A lot of people, our fans, said they thought Hogan was going to win. I've heard this from many people. It's not like because he didn't lose. Made up, right? Yeah, because it's like why would Hogan lose to this guy who's the Intercontinental Champion? Right. 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 Instead, Hulk Hogan's going to be He'll win the IC and, and they'll vacate it and they'll yeah. have a tournament, right? Yeah. It's funny that no matter what, everyone thought the IC title is going to be up in a tournament, right? <laughs> So then I looked at the um, RSPW group because it was around back then in 1990. And these are the very smart internet people, much like now. Well, we're, maybe they are smart. very smart. Maybe they're smart because they figured out how to use the internet <laughs> when it wasn't. You, you didn't have That's no true. AOL discs no. lying around. You had to get your internet connection going. Usenet, it was a whole thing. You had mm-hmm. to, can't tie up the phone line, Timmy. To contact some local provider. Your local nerd, yeah, yeah. provider. Well, what Allison should know. What, what do you is say internet that, anyway? Internet is uh, that massive computer right. network. So anyway, uh, a lot of people on this very smart group, actually almost all the posts I saw except for one or two said they thought Hogan was winning or there wouldn't be a clean finish. Oh, I see. Needless to say, whatever you thought is what you thought. I'm not disputing what you thought if you were a fan at the time, of course. I'm saying it's plausible that Hogan's just going to win this damn thing because he doesn't lose. You know what I mean? He just doesn't fucking lose. I mean, even though we know the result, we also know that he would 
if he did lose, he's going to want his win back eventually. Maybe he'll get it. He might get it. Maybe he'll get it back. Obviously, the entrances are epic. The commentary is epic. We're not really here to talk about the match too much. We've talked about it a real lot. It's a great, fun little match. But I think that um, the way it's booked is really good, and I think it makes both guys look good. I think Warrior, as he's done on most pay-per-views by this point, brings it. Yeah. We've said this about Warrior. The funny part is everyone's like, oh, Hogan carried the match. No, he didn't. I mean, he, I mean he, 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 he. From a met, ring general point of view, yeah. He met him in the middle, though. But Warrior held up what he was supposed to be doing. Yeah. He didn't look lost out there. He this, did. This, this idea that the Ultimate Warrior is a bad wrestler is very stupid. If you compare him to most wrestlers, he's probably on the lower end. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't disagree there. Yeah. If you have like a spectrum mm-hmm. and like 10 is the highest and one is the lowest, he's probably like a three or a four in terms of in ring, quote unquote, match. But I, think he's, I think he's a four or five. Maybe he is. I think you know, that's subjective. He's very good. I don't Surprisingly. know. Surprisingly. Deceptively of, good. A lot of people shit on him, but a lot of people shit on other people too. So what yeah. are you going to do? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree with you, Quinn. He, he met Hogan in the middle. They had to rehearse this. I don't care if they rehearsed it. They had to do a live they in Sky Dome. the best match of all time up to that point. The <laughs> Macho Man versus Ricky Steamboat. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I don't care if they rehearsed it. Big deal. They did it. They still mm-hmm. executed it. Right. And I thought it was executed really well. And I like the finishing sequence. What do you think of the finishing sequence? We didn't talk about that too much. It's good. They like do each other's moves to each other, but uh, the warrior is able to escape the, uh, the leg, leg drop, drop there. Roll and, out of the uh, way. Ultimate warrior is able to land the gorilla press move maneuver or what gorilla ever <laughs> calls it. I don't know. And uh, he jumps on him and that's it. That's it. But I mean, the fact that Ultimate Warrior defeated Hulk Hogan in the middle of the ring at a WrestleMania for the world title, when Hogan didn't lose wrestling matches, Quinn, when mm-hmm. he didn't lose titles, yeah. when he didn't lose, period, right? Yeah. That in itself is a big deal. Yeah. It was like a watershed moment. Water right? was shed. I feel like a lot of people at the time thought that this was going to change things big like this was gonna a new era for the wf it heads into the 90s and right, warrior yes. is gonna be the new star of the 90s and i bet they wanted that somewhat i think everybody wanted that because they felt it was a hogan was kind of on that tear for a long time six years and honestly you know what the funny part is is if he like just left at that i think he would be like one of the greatest stars of all time you know what I mean? I, st- I think he still is, though, Quinn. No, I'm not saying he is. <laughs> you know, I don't just think saying, that tarnishes legacy. I'm just saying. Um, Other yeah, things might have. After that, the, the he gets the fans start to get sour on the Hulk. It takes a while, and if, according to Josh Kuhn, no one ever did, and everyone always loved Hogan, and he never did anything wrong. Well, but that's why we love Josh Kuhn, right? Yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> we that, all that, love Josh. That's his uh, unabashed that's his opinion. And Mark Rourke is quickly approaching him in Hulkamania status. By the way, I figured I'd shout him out. But there's a lot of Hulkamaniacs going wild right now. Ten thousand of them, probably. Yeah. Shut up. But honestly, Quinn, the Warrior didn't work out. And part of what we do, and we'll do this in ranking time, is the follow through. Yeah. Much like I've harped on Goldberg Hogan, right. The Warrior didn't work out, but there's probably... It's very similar. I think you called this a couple of weeks ago. You said, hey, if Hogan and Warrior makes it, isn't this very similar to Goldberg Hogan? And I agreed with you, because it is. Yeah. In a lot of ways, it is. 
So without harping on it now, we'll get to ranking time, but this is a great title change. It's a very big deal. It is. And it's very well remembered, it's a, I think. It's a great um, liftoff for Ultimate Warrior, right? It's like they set him up to be good. Yeah. And he'd only been there two and a half years. And he's yeah. beating Hulk Hogan clean. But I mean, here's the thing. is he He was popular enough. It's not like... You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it wasn't inconceivable. He, like, no. never lost ever. He was, yeah, except that one chicanery with Rick Rude, he never right. lost. And he was, I think, undisputably, I think we can comfortably say, undisputably the number two face in the company. Right. Undisputedly, right? Yeah, true. Uh, so that's what I have on that. Let's move on now. We have another one. Let's find out who drew number eight. Wow. The 92 Rumble, Ric Flair wins the title. Well, speaking of Hulk Hogan not being popular <laughs> anymore. Um, yeah, the, man. The, this wow. is where it begins. This is, uh, see, we said it was going to get hot and heavy, folks. Yeah. Hairy, nitty and gritty, mm-hmm. dicey. Yeah. We're here. Ric Flair, 92 Rumble, is probably one of the most fondly remembered WWF things ever. It's one of my <laughs> favorite wrestling moments, period. Same here. I always say this. This is like what the Royal, this is like the apex of Royal Rumble, right? Like this is like, well, yes, exactly the tippiest top, the the best place the Rumble could go. And that's being for the world title. It was all downhill from here, wasn't it? In Um, a lot of ways. I mean, there was good Rumbles after. It's just that like, (laughs) it's it's hard to live up to this because of the stakes, right? The stakes are what actually make this very good, right? They're not, it's not the only thing. No, of course not. Good, Ric Flair it, is what makes it good. The, and the, the booking roster. And the roster, yep. Yeah, but I'm saying the title is the thing that puts it over the top. Yep. This I, is like a weird situation that would never really prop up again. And don't say Roman Reigns I'm versus not, the world. I won't say that. that shit's bullshit and dumb. No one wanted that. Yeah. This was unique. And again, we're not going to do too deep in the backstory here. Hogan had been the champion. Won it from Slaughter. WrestleMania 7. Never lo- loses. Blah, blah, blah. Right? And then we get to uh, Survivor Series 91. The and gravest the, challenge. The gravest challenge. Undertaker, who is also never loses, by the way, yeah. except to the Ultimate Warrior, but we don't talk about that. I mean, he shouldn't lose, though, because he's an undead zombie right. wizard or whatever. And Paul Bearer has earn power. Yeah, earn power. Never forget. Never forget. So in Detroit at the Joe Lewis Arena, Hogan takes on the Undertaker, but Ric Flair had come into the World Wrestling Federation. And his robe. And his robe. <laughs> and the NWA world title, by the way, for the, a period of the time. The real world's champion. And Bobby Heenan was his mouthpiece or his, uh, you know, his hype man, basically. And Flair immediately calls out Hogan. Yeah. They both do. They're like, well, fuck you, Hogan. I mean, Ric Flair, here's the thing. Is what? Ric Flair, in his brain, in kayfabe. In his kayfabe brain. He's the champion. Of course. Who's this imposter, Hulk Hogan, right? Right. To him, Hulk Hogan's bullshit. Right. I beat everyone. Right. I, I don't lose. I'm Ric Flair. I've been the champion 600 times or whatever. Yeah. And this is an important plot point. Gorilla Monsoon. This is an important plot point here. Mm-hmm. Gorilla Monsoon from day one is like, fuck this guy. Who does he think he is calling is out that, the Hulkster? What is that fake belt? Look at the green on your hands, yeah. brain. Like all this shit. Like basically like the title's fake. Yep. He's from a fake company. He's not a real champion. He's Maybe he's not even a real wrestler. Yeah. I don't know. He just stinks. Fuck like, him. Uh, yeah. I don't like him, right? <laughs> Big homer, Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> yep. Zero respect for yep. the NWA. Very consistent with Gorilla's character yeah. too, yeah. right? And in real life. So anyway, Ric Flair's been fucking around with Hulk Hogan, taunting him, calling him out. And we get to the match anyway. Hogan versus Undertaker at Survivor Series. 
You get to a little point in the match where Ric Flair just calmly wanders out just to watch. In his bathrobe. Remember, his, never wears a suit in WWF. Right, in his bathrobe. <laughs> and Hogan just takes severe umbrage with this. Oh, yeah. It's like he... Here's the thing is, if I recall, Ric Flair is technically not really doing anything. He's just standing there. And Hogan goes out and punches him. Yeah, he goes out and punches him. And Ric Flair's like, what the fuck? First of all, I'm in my robe. Yeah, don't he, punch a man in his robe. That he didn't even get out of bed yet. He's in his nighty. Yeah. So, Flair decides, you know... I'm going to grab a chair. While he's doing that, The Undertaker decides to put Hulk Hogan in a tombstone. Right. And Flair just slides a chair and just, meh. Paul Bear is distracting the ref. Tombstone on the chair. Your new world champion, The Undertaker. Crowd loves it, by the yeah, way, in Detroit, Josh it's Cohn. different. It's different. It's Correct. Like, whoa. One, come on, two, get out. We got a new world champion. Because here's the thing you have to remember too about the Undertaker is he was like kind of new, right? It was like he just only a year. A, this was this is like his year anniversary here, and he beats the Hulkster. Yeah, I mean by hook or by crook. It like, was by crook in this case. Here's the thing: is I I don't think the Undertaker needed the chair even. Hulk couldn't knock him over. Remember? Hulk would have no sold that tombstone until the cows came home. And then the Undertaker would have no sold the fucking <laughs> leg drop. So then what the fuck happens? <laughs> That's like, true. So anyway. We have a new world champion, and Hogan makes a big dramatic, oh my god, my neck is broken, brother. Yeah. And then six days later, Jack Tunney's like, man, we can't fucking let this slide. This fucking yeah. Tuesday in fucking Texas, rematch, fuck it, rematch, damn it, right? Now, first of all, I take umbrage with this, because, <laughs> listen, come on, really? He moved heaven and earth for Hulk they Hogan. made up, like, the way it's treated in kayfabe, in kayfabe. I'm not kidding. First of all, the whole... Survivor Series. They act like there might be a pay-per-view possibly, but we're not. Or actually, there might even just be an additional show. Yes. It might not even be pay-per-view. Like, I think at one point, Gorilla's like, we don't know. It might yeah. be on pay-per-view. might be on TV. We're not sure. And like, that- they're, like, figuring it out. All because Hogan's fucking crying <laughs> about this shit in the back. Are they kidding? He can't just wait till the Royal Rumble or the next pay-per-view. Pay-per-viewers, you know? Right. But no, he can't, Quinn, so... That Tuesday in Texas, we had a big rematch. And in this one, I'm going to see Josh being fair. The crowd is very pro-Hogan in this one. They're not cheering The Undertaker at all. Plants. <laughs> there were only 12 people in the yeah. crowd. And um, they were all wearing Hogan shirts. It was very strange. Wasn't Roddy Hogan there for that? It was there when Hogan lost. Oh, sorry. And, well, he's always there when he loses. And next month, he'll be there again for King of the Ring, Quinn. They could. <laughs> He always picks the worst show to he show up to. He doesn't know the when only, to be on camera. The only time it's safe is when he comes to like Saturday night and stuff. <laughs> so anyway, in this case, Jack Tunney said he's going to stand ringside for this rematch because he's got to fucking make sure that no one fucking interferes. So what happens? Ric Flair comes out again. <laughs> Does he, he doesn't no care. No fucking respect Fuck for Jack. You. Yeah. He's like, who the hell is this guy? President of the WWF? What, what is that? What the fuck is that? <laughs> like, but Hogan, not or maybe I don't know. I think it's Hogan. knocks. Flair onto Tunney. Right. So Tunney's all groggy and Flair's out. Meanwhile, Paul Bearer tries to interfere because that's what he does, right? And Hogan's well, going to save his Undertaker. It's earn power. power. Yeah. But Hogan takes the urn. So now there's no more urn power. Hogan unscrews the urn and we finally get to find out what's in the urn. Ashes. Ashes <laughs> are what's in an urn. So Undertaker staggers around. Hogan throws the ashes in his face. Real upstanding guy here. America's going to win the title back fairly, right? Yep. Pins him with a schoolboy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fucking but while Undertaker's the, like got shit in his yeah. He's like, Am I even in a pin? I'm not sure. Like, that's how <laughs> that's I, the only reason he kick out. Yeah. <laughs> Am I even being pinned? It's like I can't see. <laughs> 
see Mr. Smart over here, Ric Flair, while this is happening, he picks up Tony and shows him what's happening. See? <laughs> Look at all the cheating. Look at it all. So Tony says, fuck both of you. You're neither of you are champion, and we're putting the title on the line in the 92 Rumble, but Undertaker and Hogan have preferential treatment. <laughs> preferential, a.k.a. they're in the last 10 or something. Yes, they can only draw from 20 to 30. Which, okay, can I say something here? What? I feel like that's not enough preferential treatment considering the circumstances. Like, shouldn't they be like 29, 29 and 30? 30? Yeah, like, not. they should just be at the end. Well, I think, I, you like, know. That's only fair. Because doesn't The Undertaker annoyingly end up getting the shaft? He's like 21. Like 21. Yeah, he's just like just barely in the top 10. And Hogan's like 27 or something. It's bullshit. <laughs> and see, this is what you leave to happen. Right? It's like, fuck you, Tony. It's like, just, even if you did want to, like, give The Undertaker, like, the shitty one in 29, at least I wouldn't feel that bad. Well, of course like not. Like a two-minute difference. That's Who cares? fine, yeah. yeah. So, get to the Rumble. Without recapping the entire Royal Rumble, because that would take a really long time to talk about how great it is. Some highlights. Seriously. Some highlights is Girl and Bobby are on commentary. And Bobby is actively like Mr. Ric Flair. Mr. Ric Flair. And in one of the finest moments, <laughs> when Ric Flair draws number three. <laughs> three. And uh, he comes out through the curtain, and Bobby, oh, damn it, damn it. And of course, Gorilla's famous line. You can kiss it goodbye, brain. And there's a bunker. No. Oh, yes. Damn it. By the way, Gorilla's fucking supreme confidence <laughs> yep. the whole match. Yep. Ric Flair has no fucking chance. Didn't you hear me, Brad? <laughs> Nobody on the first ten of every one of you suck ass. He never look at the loser over here. He stinks. Executive Kixolny can't stay here. Like all the like he just He's uh, rubbing it he, in. He is not letting Bobby even like breathe. Yep. But Surprisingly, against all odds, or maybe not, Ric Flair makes it through entrant by entrant, right? Mm -hmm. And we get to a point where Ric Flair's been in this thing, okay, maybe 20 minutes now. Gorilla helpfully updates us all the time because mm -hmm. Rick Martel had the record, don't forget. But he's keeping track of the Rick Martel record mainly. He, he doesn't care about Ric Flair. No, he cares Remember, about the Ric record. Ric Flair's a big fucking loser. Yeah. So Gorilla's like, well, that Rick Martel record's in danger. Right. Uh, you know? <laughs> and, and, and meanwhile, like, Ric Flair's surviving the likes of. Roddy Piper, Randy Savage, like Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels, Texas Tornado, yeah, like all these fucking superstars, British like, Bulldog, yeah, <laughs> I'm like legit people. The only one that's not in there is like Bret Hart, yeah, yeah, weirdly. Uh, I tried to go to the WCW, but I fucked up my contract. <laughs> oh my god, sick! <laughs> I, of all shows for Bret Hart to fucking miss too. Yeah, it's like the one <laughs> yeah. that he should be at. Ah, but anyway, and then we get to a point where. Flair is able to eliminate Big Boss Man. We're right around number 15 here. Flair is alone in the ring. And who comes out but Roddy Piper? This is like the perfect yeah. halfway point because Piper and Flair had been feuding yes, too. Yes, they had been feuding on the house shoe circuit. There's there's a couple of uh, MSG shows with, uh, with some fun matches with those guys. Correct, yes. As time goes on and Flair is somehow surviving, right? Gorilla... Starts having a change of heart. Right. He's like, gotta hand it to your brain. He's gonna still fucking lose. Yeah. But he's made it this far. Or like, it's like that at first. At first. Yeah. But then we get to like 20. And The Undertaker comes in. And Flair, this whole time, has been taking it to everybody. He's actually like, that's the thing. It's like, 
he's tired and sometimes he flops down. However, he's never like just sitting in the corner like fucking CM Punk never. Or, or Road Dog or something. Yeah, you know, well, you back know, into '93. You know that strategy. Yeah, doing nothing. Yeah. Flair is in the Tenaru in yeah. 93. Oh my God. Yeah. Can't wait to see Tenaru in 94. Oh God. Don't that's happens. Oh no. We'll get there eventually. But anyway, so Flair is doing, he is the star of this, but the best part is that he's not just the star in like a shitty ensemble. He's got the greatest supporting cast, maybe except 1990. You know, I mean, I think well, this one's better actually. I think this roster? is the best roster period. Uh, 90s close though, but we'll, that's a whole different topic. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone could do a change my mind on that. Okay. Yeah. But, it's very close, but it's a great roster in here. Jake the Snake's in it. And Jake like, the Snake yeah. and the skirt thing with Piper, remember? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on in this thing. There's all these little threads, and we get to the point, and again, you've probably heard us if you've listened talk about this so many times, so I'll try to tell it differently, but we get to the point where the final four, right? Flair has now surpassed the record, so Gorilla's really happy. Yeah. Somebody very- beat Rick Martell. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I can you believe it, Bray? Meanwhile, like two years later, Rick Martell used to be the holder. <laughs> like he like, never gives this up. I think even Vince says it only like 94. Why do like- they always talk about it? Just Rick Martell specifically. Maybe the- everyone in the back really liked it that year Didn't, or like, something. Greg Valentine have it, and they never talk about him. He was just in there long, but he uh, didn't have the record. <laughs> okay, sorry. Sorry. Uh, so the final four are Hulk Hogan, of course, Randy Savage, surprisingly, because yeah. he fucking eliminated himself by accident well, earlier. That, that's par for the course on Randy Savage and Royal Rumbles. God. Sid. Right. Who is very over. So here's the thing is Sid is the big question mark in this whole thing, right? Because Sid is coming in here with kind of like a, a bit of um, like he's friends with Hogan. Yeah, he's fine with him. But, you know, he's also like kind of in in it for in it to win it. You know, he's yes. not he's not he no beefcake. No, like, Brutus would be could, like, I'll leave Hulk. Yeah, could you imagine like if Brutus was in there, he would just jump over he the would. top rope and leave at Hulk's command. He would. He wouldn't even try to fight him. And then they'd send him back in because you have to get propelled by somebody. Well Hogan could like then he'd push let him. Hogan throw him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, and obviously Flair is the fourth. So we get to a situation where Savage gets eliminated. We're down to three. And you know this. I know you know this, but if you don't, here it is. So while while Hogan and Flair are tangling on the ropes, Sid, who wants to win the Royal Rumble, you know, as any participant, all foes, remember. There's, there's no friends. There's no friends. Only the foes in this. Only foes. He tries to, he goes after kind of both, but it's just easier to dump Hogan. He's kind of like, Hogan's kind of more at the edge. Yeah. Yeah. So he dumps out Hogan. That's a fair thing to do in a Royal Rumble. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to win the fucking Royal Rumble, right? It's like, I want to be the world champion. So Hogan, a noted <laughs> sore loser. <laughs> oh, yes. Cries. Remember the last time he lost it with Ted DiBiase and the million dollar bills yeah. falling out of the pockets. And, and then when he lost to The Undertaker. Surgery and all this, yeah. So he's like, oh my, how, how could he do that? Yeah. So then he, he has a fucking conniption on the outside. He's like telling the refs, like, I'm supposed to go yeah, back in. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's like, I, you're, you're messing up. I'm supposed to win. How is this okay? Yeah. How is this okay? How does this make him good? It's so bad. They have to like redub the commentary <laughs> yeah. later to make him seem better. Because the fans are booing. Like they're cheering Sid. <laughs> they're cheering Sid and they're seeing like Hogan act like a big baby. He is. There's no way around it, right? Yeah. There's not. I'm sorry, but there's not. <laughs> he's, he's a real jackass He out is. There. Everyone else that got eliminated before him in this match left. Yeah. They walked away. Right. They were sad about it. They were mad about it. <laughs> But, but they left. Well, well, next time, right? 
Yeah, and that's the other thing. Like, Hulk can't just petition Tony to just get, get the shot at the winner anyway. Ah, pisses me off. <laughs> it is still, like, upsetting to this day. So after the refs are like, hey, don't go back in, Hogan's like, okay, what if I pull Sid out instead? That's fair, right? No DQ. Like, <laughs> So while he's yanking on Sid's arm, Ric Flair who also wants to win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> and is, ex- by the way, who is extra fucking tired. Yeah. Like, you know what? This might be his only chance in his brain. He's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Sid's kind of fresh. Yeah. Like, this is, this might be it, right? It's like, I got to take advantage. Right. So he dumps Sid from behind. Yeah. And your new world champion, Ric Flair. And from this point on, Gorilla Monsoon, nothing but respect for Ric Flair. He's like, I got to hand it to you, brain. He, he's the real deal. Unbelievable! Yeah, you weren't kidding. This wasn't a fake. Is uh, he says these things? Yep. Now this leads to one angle that Flair has as world champion. It's on this list. It's Savage Flair, and it's a great angle because remember they weren't drawing or something. Hulk Hogan versus (laughs) Ric Flair. That's allegedly what happened. It also leads to Flair wearing a lot of sweaters. Right. So it doesn't lead to much. And again, I'm setting the stage for the ranking part here. It is. One of the best wins ever. People are cheering. Yeah, because yeah, it's awesome. It's Ric Flair. It's, a, a, it, it's two things. First of all, it's the surprise of Ric Flair at three, right? That is a big deal. Yep. Um, the crowd really, I don't think, was expecting it. They thought, oh, haha, he's fucked, right? Yeah. Like, basically. So you got that surprise. The second part is, haha, Hulk, fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like, you don't win this time, motherfucker. Good. Right? And I think there's also, like, it's just, I think people had different ideas for this. Like, I think there might have been some, maybe not all, and maybe not many, but there's probably also some that thought, well, may, what about Undertaker, right? Yeah, or what about Sid? Right, right. what about Sid? Maybe Macho Man, right? There are realistic people. <laughs> there's a lot of, even Roddy Piper is technically realistic. Why not? <laughs> yeah. There's like, a lot of people. Yeah. It was kind of a surprise that Ric Flair, the guy in the worst fucking position in this thing, yep. beat them all. And a non-WWF guy. Right, that's another aspect. And this is not a case where you can say that he he looked dumb. Mm-hmm. He looked weak. I mean, he was the center of attention without ever overtaking the spotlight. Well, that's what Ric Flair's good at. Yep, and, and listen, you guys that know me from the show, you know that I'm not like a massive Ric Flair fan, but I do like Ric Flair. I don't want to get the wrong idea. You like respect what he does. Yeah, Because yeah. he's not, he's kind of like the opposite of Hulk in certain ways because of diff- like, he acts like a showboat, but in the the actions he does as a professional wrestler are very like humble in a lot of ways. Yes. Yes. In all seriousness. Yeah. But I mean, how am I going to say a negative word about his performance in the 92 rumble? It is a masterful performance. It is one of the best things they've ever done. I think it it did a lot also for flair in the nineties in general. And this made flair even in the WWF a legend within their own kayfabe within their own kayfabe. Because, you know, even later on when Ric Flair was, an old man in WF in the early 2000s. Like, don't remind me. But they could say, like, he was the world champion of WF. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just WCW. They could also say WCW because they bought it by then because they were so terrible. But... (laughs) They murdered... Remember they would, like, say that he was, like, they would combine all the reins together because it's like, well, they're all our belts now. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, That's all I have to say about it. I mean, that hasn't been said shit. I mean, it's... It's one of the best things they did. And it's a great, great match. And on a, a very good, fun pay-per-view. Ranking time? Sure. This is going to be tough. Uh, number one, Hogan Sheik. Mm-hmm. Two is Cena Punk. Three, Goldberg Hogan. Four is Austin Michaels. Five is Rock Mankind. And six is Savage Flair. 
I want to start, Quinn, if you're okay with it. Mm-hmm. Hogan Warrior, I think, is an automatically better than Savage Flair. Yes. It's better than Rock Mankind. Yes. It's comparable. I just want to start with Austin Michaels because it's the era thing. You know what I mean? Um, You know what the problem with Austin Michaels is there's like exactly zero fucking suspense to this thing. That's like, what I think, too. It it been people knew Sean was hurt. And if you didn't, you knew Austin was so hot that he's not losing this. Right. And honestly, I know nobody talks about this, but this is something I always noticed even as a kid. Without Bret Hart in the mix, Sean felt kind of left without anything to do. Like, it was like, other than to lose to Steve Austin. Yeah, if I could tell you the truth, Quinn, I liked his feud with Undertaker more than I liked the Austin feud. I agree. There was a little history because, remember, they were tag partners and stuff, but they didn't even, like, talk about it. That was never that. really mentioned, no. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, I, I agree. I never thought of that. Well, from what I understand is Brett, if he had been there, it would have been Brett dropping it to Austin, which would have been unbelievable. Yeah, it would have really been a cool... And maybe Sean would have been spared the injury. Who the fuck even yeah, knows? Who like, knows, he, he right? would have, Maybe wouldn't have faced Undertaker at Rumble and got hurt. Yeah, I don't know. And maybe but, Sean would be around for years. Maybe he would have fought Austin at WrestleMania 15 you or never something. Know. You yeah. never know, right? Yeah. But I totally agree with you on the suspense level. Although, again, people will say everyone knew Warrior was winning at six, but from what the research I did, because I was genuinely curious... A lot of our fans say they thought Hogan was winning, mm-hmm. and a lot of people on that were actually on the internet at the time thought Hogan was winning. I think just that alone, the 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 fact that they they tricked him, well, not tricked him, but you know, there was an actual like surprise thing that happened. I just even as a Shawn Michaels fan, I'm like, oh man, like I, I remember just counting the days. Like I was like, I know Shawn's gonna lose the belt here. Like it sucks, but I know I was fine with it. I was indifferent. I didn't care because mm-hmm. I knew Shawn was losing. You know what yeah. I mean? But I will say this, though, Quinn. On paper, Hogan-Warrior is a bigger match. Right. It is. On paper, Warrior beating Hogan is a bigger deal than Austin beating Michaels. Yeah. Right? Let's just... It's better. It's bigger, it's, if nothing it's else. It's bigger, it's better. Now, the fallout, though, is not as good. But, right. But, I mean, something has to work in its favor, right? Yeah. Austin kicked off an era, but it was more of, like, a formality. He already was, like... It was gonna guy. happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Whether it was against Michaels or not, Austin was going to be the guy. Right. Okay. This, Goldberg Hogan and Warrior Hogan are the most comparable things, and they have very similar things in common. I think, I, I'm going to say go this right, right away, I think it's just going to be like, it's one or the other, and this is where it stops. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I want to talk about the similarities here. Both involve a large man with a really good look that caught fire very quickly. In Goldberg and Warrior, right? Right. That was like a sudden, you know, meteoric rise, right? Yep. Taking on an established star in Hulk Hogan in yeah, both, both cases, taking right? Taking on Hulk Hogan. The incumbent. Both cases were a match where I guess with Goldberg Hogan it was a more foregone conclusion because I, I thought Goldberg was gonna win. But again, with Hogan, you never know, right? That's the thing. You it's never like, actually yeah. know. Some people, I remember some people were like, Hulk Hogan's never going to fucking lose, to go, even to Goldberg. He, right. won't, he just won't. Plus, this is an era where they had fuck finishes all the time. Yeah. It wouldn't have Ten been out of the baseball bats, yeah. fucking Mr. Perfect <laughs> doing nothing. Like, like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, all this shit. Both wins, right, are very well remembered. Goldberg and Warrior against Hulk Hogan. Both clean wins. Both supposed to be a new era. Both are wrestlers that people find very limited. Mm-hmm. Goldberg and Warrior. There's a lot of similarities Both here. Both in gigantic arenas. Both in gigantic arenas, yeah. yeah. 
with hot crowds and good commentary. The only difference is the networks that they were on. Pretty One much. One was on TNT, the other was on pay-per-view. And the fallout of both is very, very interesting. Because the new champion, the big celebrated new champion in both cases, was booked kind of crappy. And Hulk Hogan was still there. Yeah, true. And now, again, am I faulting a company for putting Hogan on top when they have Hulk Hogan? No. But then why are you switching the belt to begin with if you're not going to really... You know what I mean? Like, shit or get off the pot. You can say that about both situations. That's what I mean. If Hulk Hogan was still the number one draw in both 98 and 90, and I don't know if he was or not, but if he was, then why are you taking the belt off of him? You know what I'm saying? In Hogan's case, in 98, it was so he could, like, do Hollywood shit and fight Jay Leno and stuff. Oh, in 90, it was also so he could do Hollywood shit and do a Suburban Commando. There you go. (laughs) There you go. It's always that. Well, there's your answer. It's the same exact reasons. I mean, Take like, time off. They're like mirror images of each other, honestly, Pretty much. just in different times, Pretty much. different networks, different arenas. I have to give the nod to Warrior Hogan. This I is agree. not, yeah, it's not an anti WCW bias. It's just that I think the big, the, the magnitude, the bigliness of it is just better. You know yeah. what I mean? Just Warrior Hogan is just a bigger thing. Oh, you know, they could have they could have mirrored it if they said Goldberg was putting the U.S. title on the line also. Could you imagine? <laughs> yeah, I didn't even like, think just, of that. Just, he had a secondary get, belt. Just to get more, like, ridiculous with this. Like, <laughs> I didn't like, think it of that. it was possible. It is possible. And I also think that, you know, not that this has ever been part of the criteria, but the fact that it is the main event of a WrestleMania, you yeah. know, it just adds a little weight in my mind to it rather mm-hmm. than a Nitro. Yeah. I'm not putting down Nitro, whatever, but I'm just saying. Cena Punk, Warrior Hogan. What are you thinking? I know Tony Leg Day. Well, actually, he'll be happy either way because he likes Warrior and Punk. But <laughs> what are you thinking? Um, well, I think the obvious is to put Hogan and Warrior over it. I actually think the Sam Punk thing, it's very important <laughs> in a weird way. Yep. Like, I think it, it actually, like, really did change the WWF, like, how they approached things. It made them yes. more of a media-centric company to understand, like, how do we use the fucking internet? Partially. Like, which is necessary for their company. I think that's part of it, but I also think, Quinn, that in the case of a Warrior Hogan, again, beating Hulk Hogan is not small potatoes. I, I understand that. You know, yeah. it's... But we've talked about the fallout of that and Goldberg Hogan is, is kind of crappy, right? Yeah. At it least is. with CM Punk and Cena... Like, Punk had a pretty long, like... This affected change. Glorious, like, thing for, yeah. like, two years. I know he wasn't, like... Th- there was some break, breakage, was mention, but then yes. he eventually got the belt right. and was, like, the champion for, like, the longest time they'd ever given someone the title for years. In a long time, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I wanted to address that because we didn't really talk about it when we first talked about this. Yes, we are aware that Punk, yet, although he won at Money in the Bank, that he wasn't continually the champion, and they had the whole thing with Rey Mysterio. Which like, kind of made it interesting, it actually. Did. I liked, I, I actually liked that, like, it made it, it made it seem so fluid and more real, like, as if they panicked, gave it to Rey Mysterio. Right, You know what exactly. I mean? Like, that's, I loved how they handled this. I agree, and, like, they, and they also had the whole deal with, um, like, Kevin Nash and all that stuff. Yeah. But, Which was stupid, but also, like, I don't know, again, it was all chaos, and, like, I loved it. You know? I, I loved it, too. So even though he like he lost it to Del Rio, I think a cash in on the Money in the Bank after SummerSlam, like Punk won it and lost it. The point is, is this match is what elevated CM Punk and the whole company and the company to the point where Punk would become the champion at Survivor Series. Yeah, remember that kinda, he kind of stopped the bleeding and would Correct. just be the champion till, for over a year till The Rock said so. <laughs> 
right. Yeah. And it actually was a new era, much like Hogan Chic was actually a new era. Warrior Hogan, I don't know if I call it a new era. It was just kind of like a sidetrack, like Savage when Savage in 88 was a champion. It was just so Hogan could go film the movie. It was! I mean, let's... In 88 it was. In 90 it was. And in 98 it was so Hogan didn't have time off also. And interestingly (sighs) enough, you know what's nice about the Cena Punk too? That Cena didn't like be like, I'm world champion like again for like years. Exactly. Like, remember... Cena was, like, not always the champion after this. That's a big, like, misconception. Like, he had a lot of reigns, but he wasn't... There was a lot of breaks. Yes. There was a period of time where he really wasn't the champion often. Yeah. It's real. He was just John Cena, and everyone knew he was good, (laughs) and there was no point of giving him the belt. And he, like, wasn't the main guy sometimes. Yeah. (sighs) I want to keep Cena Punk number two. John Cena's (laughs) good, by the way. Can we just... Sorry. Like, sometimes I just have to remind everyone of this. Is is great. Like one of the best guys of all time. No joke. And this this match, by the way, as much as I love Warrior Hogan and as much as it's a great moment, and as much as we always like to say, well, older must mean better, the match and angle here is better. CM Punk versus Cena is better. Yeah. It, it just is. is. It just is. Number two, keep it yeah. there. Yeah, number two. So Warrior Hogan number three is nothing to sneeze at. It's not like we're shitting on it. It's just that's good. That I think that's good. The aftermath of Cena Punk is better. Okay. Flair 92 Rumble. I absolutely love this thing. So it's is like it, it's you have said it before, and I think that this is what's going to carry it up the ladder. Here is you said it's literally one of the best things they ever did. It just is, like, and I think that's the perfect fucking description. It just is, Quinn. It's so, literally one of the best things they ever did. So it's better than Savage Flare. Yeah, although that's very good. It's it's a side effect of this, so yeah. it doesn't really. It can't be. It's better than Rock Mankind, as much as I love the happiness. Trust me, it's better than that. Yeah, I know. Austin Michaels, yes. Yes. <laughs> Where do you, uh, your beloved Goldberg Hogan here, what do you think? I have to give the nod to, to Ric Flair. I do here. too. I mean, this is just f- fucking fantastic. What about Warrior Hogan, though? I think it's better than that, too. I like it. Like I like both of those things, and, right. I, and I know that I like the Royal Rumble 1992 better. Okay. So, why is it better than Warrior Hogan? Just give me, let's talk about it. It's got more fire to it. I don't know how else to describe it. It's kind of like, I am a fan in wrestling of chaos, like things that are unexpected or like, you know, and the Royal Rumble is like pure chaos. That's probably why I love it so much. It's always just, that's the point of the match, right? right? It's like, it's just, it feels like anyone could. This really felt like maybe the only time ever in the Royal Rumble where it's like anybody could win because there was just so many fucking people in it that were like top contenders people who have had world titles people who were just like big names because i mean like we said there was like paul kogan rick flair jake the snake macho man undertaker undertaker sid sid big boss man like there's a bunch of like and there's like lower people too Duggan. Who, yeah like people who are like they don't lose like <laughs> so they're in <laughs> a fucking Royal rumble i don't yeah. know what's gonna happen right it's like this idea that if you throw all these Ted DiBiase's in it, even though he's out in the beginning, but I mean, he's in it, right? Yeah. It's like these people that you never, ever see lose on superstars. They don't lose. Well, of course. They, and so, them, usually they don't even fucking lose on pay-per-view. Skinner, no. My point is, is all of them are in one match and just to make it more fucking confusing, the title's on the yeah, line. So the stakes are high. So like, wow, they really can't lose here, right? So... This was majorly questionable for any fan watching at the time and made it super exciting. 
Yeah, and I think it's one of the best executed things, too. Yeah. And a lot of credit there goes to the booking and to Ric Flair. And as I like to mention, Bruce Pritchard was not in the company during this. <laughs> I always like to point that out, but... Isn't this like Patterson's, like, mm-hmm. great achievement? Yeah, basically. this is like his great achievement right here. Yep. Yeah. I would be comfortable putting Flair in 92 Rumble above Warrior Hogan because, and here's why, with Flair winning, it wasn't supposed to be a new era. No. It wasn't, you know what I mean? It was, it was supposed to be a disruption to Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Like, that was the point. They're like, wow, Hogan got fucked for once, like a taste of his own damn medicine. Right. Like, it's like, wow, Flair really got him. And on top of it, he looks like a hero because he survived at number three. I know. So now Hulk's really like, wow, I don't know, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Hulk, this led it like, <laughs> man, it was so bad that he had to, like, think about retiring. <laughs> you know? Well, he was bored, too, of yeah. course. It wasn't supposed to be a new era, like a passing of the torch the way Warrior Hogan was, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's a heel champion, and of course he was he was winning it so he could drop it to someone, right. in this case, Savage. But as far as like a performance and the magnitude of the title being on the line in the Royal Rumble, and it did lead to a really good angle. I don't love like the rest of Flair's run after WrestleMania. It gets dopey. Yeah, up to it, WrestleMania. It's up fine to, up to WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. it gets kind of dopey after that, though, oh, Quinn. Yeah. I mean, you and I both know that it's just him and Savage going still back and forth, like the crappy match. But that's match. also because remember, after WrestleMania, everyone fucking left. Yeah, like, there was like no one left in the company. Jake Sid yeah, gone, yeah, you know, yeah, Piper just, gone, yeah. I know. Hogan gone. So the party was kind of over, unfortunately. Right. Ric Flair saw the writing on the wall, just fucking left in January. <laughs> he did. He was like, "Oh, this everyone's leaving. Okay, bye." Yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So I can put it above Warrior Hogan just because I don't think the. Warrior Hogan was more disappointing in the aftermath. Right. Although, no, I th- yeah, okay. No, I think the flair was, it was pretty fiery up to WrestleMania 8, which is what the Royal Rumble's supposed to do. Yeah. And the match, I mean, it's a classic. It's a fucking classic Com- are, commentary. This whole top four is really good. This would be like Rushmore territory. Yeah. I don't think I could put the 92 Rumble above CM Punk and Cena, though. Can you? Or can hmm. you? If you can, let me know why. I can. Really? But here's the thing, is that they have a very similar feel, which I like. Chaos. Chaos and the underneath guy in, in WWF terms yeah. for flair. You know what I yeah. mean? Like the underdog guy winning. I do think CM Punk and uh, Cena over here, like we said before, the one thing it's got going for it is like it really did change the game for WWF. It they were they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Let's let's be honest. Well, if you look at their 2010, I you'd have to agree. Yeah. Their 10 sucked. Remember their like, 2010? It seemed like wrestling was at a dead end, that it was just going to be 1998 for the rest of time. But like a like poor it, version of 1998. Oh, yeah, it was going to be 1998. Nexus! Or whatever it was. It was just going to be 1998 for more, with more lights. Like, remember, like, <laughs> Raw never looked different or anything. Like, it's just like, it's always the same shit. Yeah! Uh, you know what I mean? And then this CM Punk guy comes along, and he's like... Well, fuck this. This company sucks ass, and Vince is terrible, and like blah blah blah, and like everyone's like, "Well, fuck yeah, he's absolutely right," <laughs> and like people were like, "This is the greatest shit," and like everyone was behind this. Remember the crowd in Chicago? Yeah, no, I remember Quinn. Remember Cena like, punching John Laurinaitis? Yeah, all of it. All remember of it. Cena just being a hero, and it was like kind of like in a weird way, it like. Man, Cena was good. Like, you felt it at this thing, right? It was like, wow, we shit on Cena all the time, but he really is the man, yeah, right? No, it's I like, know. He, like, tried to defend the WF here. It <sighs> didn't work out, but... <laughs> he tried. Yeah. 
I yeah. don't know, man. And coming off of their 10, like I've said, where it was like Sheamus was the champion for this a while. This was a huge recovery. Was good. And basically, until CM Punk lost the belt, the company was like in pretty good shape. Like as far as like popularity and like interest and being interesting and stuff. And they rode that into 14, as we've talked about. Yeah. It's that they really shit the bed in 14. Right. Broke up the shield, which really pissed people off for some I, reason, by the way. It stinks. Like, it really pissed people off. I and, know. And Punk left, and and the Brian thing didn't work because he got injured. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of problems, but... And he was also just going to fight Kane again. It, it wasn't going to be a good reign. It would have been an Ultimate Warrior reign. Yeah. They you were know? just Ultimate Warrioring him. They were. Like, appeasing us, and then, yep. like, then he's fucked. Yep. So, are we keeping it at number two? Cena Punk, or are we... I guess so. Are um, we allowed? Yeah, we're allowed. We're allowed to do whatever we want. It's our list. True. Um, I guess that's fine. I mean, Ric Flair. I mean, it's one of the greatest moments, though, but it didn't. Yeah, it, but some people. I know. Here's the thing. Punk Cena, Cena, Cena is, Cena too. Punk is one of the best moments. Yep. That's the thing, folks, that we've tried to talk about all season with the criteria. When you start, it's very easy. But as you get into it, you have to file it down. And it's like, okay, well, they're all good moments, but. What did Cena Punk lead to versus what Flair led to, you know? And it's. Which is like a, a fun feud with Randy Savage. And that's and then, it. And then that's it. Like Cena was like two years of the whole summer of punk and like yeah, a long that, title reign. That's what I and mean. And like people, like mainstream media talking about wrestling again. Remember? Yep. Remember how like, like, um, Grant and, Land and like <laughs> all these websites, all, like ESPN is fucking talking about wrestling. Yeah. Like, they're covering this like this shit's real or something. <laughs> Remember that yeah, shit? No, it was, know, like, weird. Are we leaving it? Let's leave it. I think we have to. And yeah. I think that's not... Listen, if you're just a person that's sour on anything after 2001, then you're going to disagree, but you're allowed to. You have to give credit where credit is due yeah. when they were, like, they did good things. Sometimes I wonder if anybody really does look at any of the work done past 2001. Like, and, <laughs> like just to, like... The thing is, there's a lot of, like, weird gems that you can find in there. Like, for example, like, Edge cashing in the money in the bank at that, like, yeah, New Year's pay-per-view yeah, or sure, whatever. Year's like, Revolution. that shit's good. Like, there's a lot of, like... RVD Cena's RV, good. Yeah, there's a lot of little things. Shawn Michaels in general. Shawn Michaels 07 yeah, is like, really good. Cena, Shawn Michaels, Umaga John Cena. The Ric Flair retirement match. Oh, I love or, you or whatever. No, it sucks. I uh, love it. it. It's horrible. Uh, Randy Orton punting people in the head era. Yeah, also the, like, Randy Orton, like, gets chased into his house by yeah, Triple H with a hammer. Good, there is like, good yeah, stuff. Like, yeah, there's, like, a bunch of random good stuff. It's just not as, like, seamless as, like, the previous hours. yes. But, it's not like, as seamless. When there's good stuff, there are moments sometimes that are just so fucking strong that you just have to give them credit. Yep. Cena Punk is, like, probably one of the peak ones. It's a masterpiece. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Let's leave it at number two. Okay. All right, so for this week here, and we are getting close to the end. At number one, Hogan Sheik still. Number two, Cena Punk still. Three, Ric Flair, 92 Rumble. Four, Warrior Hogan. That's a great top four. Mm -hmm. And even tack on Goldberg Hogan at number five. Good stuff. Number six, Austin Michaels. Number seven, Rock Mankind. And number eight, Savage Flair. Folks, be sure to let us know what you think. You can do that on our Twitter, at OVP Podcast. Join the group which would be the best way to do it, or shoot us an email. Quinn, when we come back, we're reviewing a very unique show. In fact, the first episode of a short-lived era of a very unique WWF show. It's Shotgun Saturday Night, and it is coming up right after this. The 
the WWF title is up for grabs. It'll be Doggy Dog in the Royal Rumble, January the 20th on Sky Movies Plus. The ground will shake. This is not a prediction. This is a fact. The Royal Rumble on Sky Sports. Subscribe now. Dial 0506 46 Hello, wrestling fans. It's time to shout out our friends of the show now. These are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling, kind of like OVP. Let's start with the best of Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking filthy. We're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast. We're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the NWA each week. And then for a whimsical journey led by one man, Pete Winson, check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF. It might be WCW. It could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about booking the territory and Greetings from Allentown. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode 227. Thank you so much for being with us here. Quinn, we're reviewing something. We are. We are, and we will be in perpetuity. Uh, in fact, Quinn, you know this. We have a post set up, an announcement on our Facebook group. On the top of the page. Yep. Where people can just post specific episode requests. And we're only taking your requests, pretty much, like, from now on. That's what we do. That's what we're trying to do. So, this was suggested... By Kelly Smallwood. There he is. Not to be confused with Rod McLarge. Kelly mm-hmm. Smallwood, and he's a very funny Canadian. He the likes can- Stampede a real big lot. Canadian man. Yeah, very big Canadian man. Now, we're not reviewing Stampede, but we're... Yeah, well, good. We're- <laughs> and enough of Canada last week. <laughs> what we are reviewing is the first ever episode of Shotgun Saturday Night, January 4th, 97. Quinn... We want to talk about what Shotgun has been a long well, time since we did one of these. I was a big fan of this, yeah? first of all. Okay. This is from the um, weird era. I call this weird WWF. Like, okay. late 96, where they're like, there's that weird Germany sh- show and all this <laughs> shit. But, like, meanwhile, their syndication is, like, collapsing. Like, and then there's, like, weird shows, like, 11 Alive and, like, all <laughs> this. a little later. But- yeah, you know what I mean? It's, like, there's a lot of weird shit going on with yep. their television approach. Let's live put Wire. It live Wire. Blast Off, which no one watched. <laughs> yeah. They're just doing weird shit. Like, tons of weird stuff. But this was, like, the weirdest. It doesn't get more weird than this. This has Vince Russo all over it. Right? Like, literally, like, there is no way he didn't pitch this. Like I don't I'm, know. I, find I don't it know. Fucking impossible that he didn't that that he didn't pitch this. I this personally is the, don't know. This is the most Vince Russo idea I've ever seen. I don't know because I think he hated doing this, and we'll get into why. I think mm-hmm. he hated. I think a lot of the talent did. But to set the stage for you, by January of '97, the WWF was boring. No, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> kind of, kind of. They yeah. were getting okay. They had been operating for like over ten years. On a three-tiered syndication package, which was the A, the B, and the C, right? As Frank mm-hmm. Costanza would say. Right. The D, that's the biggest. And the A was Superstars and blah, blah, blah. The B was Challenge and C was Spotlight, which no one watched. And then in September of 95, because WWF was now finding themselves having to pay for the syndication. Because nobody wants to watch this shit. Well, because infomercials had really taken rise, right, yeah. you know? So now there's competition. Right. WWF eliminates their C tier entirely. It's gone. No more spotlight. It's gone by September. Uh, yeah, August, September, 95. Challenge, which had been their B show, uh-huh. right? That ends its 
version of challenge where it's like arena matches mm-hmm. and it becomes that fucking recap show that we did with perfect and doc and all that remember yeah. in the keyboard and the yeah. chin room horrible but superstars then moves over to <laughs> usa network so now the only syndicated show they have is challenge which they don't even know where that airs and when it's on <laughs> i don't i no one i don't knew. even think i ever saw it especially the chin room episode right. the only time i saw one was when we reviewed it correct doc on a xylophone or something <laughs> like, I, like what is this show why does it exist like you know it was filmed when they also did the doc telling you to come to like fucking the the civic center yes, or something right. like it was done at like the same time absolutely but wwf puts together a new show for syndication Mainly in the Tri-State area, but I believe it had somewhat of a reach. Here in the uh, New York area, it aired on NY55, which I didn't get on my cable company. I which think you I did, did, right? Yeah. And I was able to see... I'm pretty sure I saw this episode. I didn't. Like, I remember being like, this is the most incredible thing I have ever seen. Like, I was like, I was like floored that this existed. And the best part is I remember they didn't really talk about it afterwards. No, not really. There was like a clip or two from it, but it was like, which made it feel even more underground. Underground, Like, it was like, this is insane. Like, (laughs) when there's like this secret fucking show on some weird ass, like syndication channel, like at like fucking midnight or something. Like, it was like ECW. It was. And that was the inspiration, I think. I mean, uh, I mean, it looks like it's it. too coincidental not yeah. to be right. And the idea here is that it would air live and it would be from various nightclubs and things like that and weird places throughout New York City. And it was. They did this for <laughs> a little really bit from these places. Yeah. Even one show was from Grand Central Station. Yeah. But why not? Right. Flat out put a fucking ring in Grand Central Station. Can you? That's incredible that they did that. <laughs> I. I don't care. That's something also they would never be able to pull off. Never. Ever. Like, just for the security purposes alone. Right, Like, exactly. post 9-11, that's yep. not happening. No way, right? Yeah. So, Grand Central, a bunch of different clubs, and the first one was at the Mirage. This was very short-lived, and the reason why, you know, circling back to Vince Russo here, because I think it was him, and it was Cornette, a bunch of people I think I've heard talk about it. It sucked because it was live. Right. So, you're talking about when you're touring, or if you work in Stanford, right? Mm-hmm. If your office, whatever, and you have to be in fucking Midtown Manhattan. Yeah, and always in Midtown Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, too. Remember right, that right. was like the gimmick for a while. It was like it has to be in New York in the middle of the fucking night, literally. Yeah. And then you have to do something else the next day. Right. It's it's a drain. Right? Imagine commuting to the city on top Fuck of it. Fuck that yeah, yeah. from Connecticut, yeah, where most like, of them oh live. God, like right. And a lot of these guys are driving in. Yeah. And on top of it, the truck guys have to go through the city too. Good point. Yeah. yeah it's like it's got to be a pain in the balls. The whole logistics of it is yeah. probably a nightmare. So I want to say, and someone can correct me because I didn't look it up. I'm sorry. I think it was six weeks of this they did. Like it wasn't long. In a glorious six weeks, it was. Right show. now we've done one of them, but <laughs> yeah. not this one. We did yeah. one. I forget which where we were, but let's do it, Quinn. Shotgun, January fourth, nineteen ninety seven. Anything else you want to say before we get started I, here? Actually, I just I love the concept. It's yep. WWF meets ECW. It is, and it's actually good, and it's weird, and it's like good weird. Yes, it is. It's not like them being like out of touch or anything they're in touch kind they're of. actually in touch it's like they listen to someone young for once it's like what would be awesome to see wrestling like what would that like what would be a unique wrestling what if we wrestle in a fucking bar yeah like, you know <laughs> well, what i mean fuck it. or a so they went back or to something. the smoky bars yeah. the irony yeah, because it looked cool <laughs> again the idea of doing it in like the dingy nightclub at midnight yeah. it's like this blew like again this blew my mind i remember them hyping it a little bit 
And I remember being like, oh my God, I hope I can find it. And I remember also like thinking like, I'm going to think it's on one channel that it <laughs> says maybe it's on in TV Guide that week and it's not. Right. Like, you know, because you know that used to fucking happen a yep. lot with the syndicated stuff. And yep. I remember finding it and I was like, it was like finding gold. I know. Right. It was like, I could not believe this show existed. <laughs> and it, like it, like I said, it really felt underground. It felt like I can't believe Vince McMahon's in a fucking nightclub. Like this is insane. It's great. Glenn. Yeah. Uh, so we start with a, a warning. This is fucking graphic. Don't watch if you're like ten or something. Just don't. Okay. <laughs> it's past your bedtime anyway. Get the fuck out of here, Quinn. <laughs> I'm watching it. Don't tell anyone. Like in my bedroom. <laughs> in your bedroom. Yeah. And then we get the apocalyptic red sky version of the World Wrestling Federation is good or whatever. You know the yep, deal. Yep. Over seven hundred years, we've. Had the Undertaker and stuff. <laughs> and then we get a cold open on the streets here of Bob Backlund. This is amazing. Yelling at people outside of the club. There's sexual activity going on in there. Shotgun Saturday night. There's sexual activities going on in there. There's violence. There's crime. What is this? What is this television? Shotgun Saturday night. What is, who's that good for? That's a disgrace. Shotgun Saturday night should be banned. You are It should be banned. New York City should be banned. This is such a great role for him. New York he's, City should be banned. He's good yeah. in the crazy old man thing. This is no, but this is tailor made for that yeah. character. Like the character that hates anything modern. This is like very modern for WWF. It is though. This is yeah. hip for them. Yeah. Just to put this in perspective. The goon was still employed. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's like, a lot of garbage going on. Right. Like Duke the Dumpster was probably still employed too. Yeah, no, but like Teal Hopper was. Oh, sorry. And Sal- wrong, <laughs> wrong garbage wrong, man. Wrong fucking trade. Yeah. Uh, and also Sal Sincere. You yeah. know, like shit like that was He's still there going. later. <laughs> um, anyway, we get a very, you know, rock music intro here featuring Shawn Michaels dancing on a car and Bob Backlund <laughs> yelling at a cab driver. Sonny being all hot. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Goldust drinking a beer at a bar, mm-hmm. and und- by the way, Undertaker in the biker taker attire, one hundred percent biker, like three years early. Yep, and coming out of the fucking sewers. <laughs> <laughs> like, see, <laughs> if the Undertaker's in the city, that's the most natural. Like, that would be the only place he could go. Right? Yeah, go like, to avoid the light. <laughs> he has to go underground, right? It's real. That I feel like that's like somebody actually. That's one. Someone of those, thought of it. Right? Actually, that's one of those things that Mark Calloway would think of because people would always give him credit. Like the one thing I hear wrestlers all the time say about him, the one thing is that like he always thought about the details with the character. That's a that's such a mark. Like, what are we gonna do with the Undertaker in the city? It's like, oh, he's gonna come out of a dark bar and like, no, I would live in the sewer, idiots. No, like, I live in the sewer. Oh, sorry, yeah, no, I live in the sewer because <laughs> there's no light down there. <laughs> that's <laughs> exactly a Mark Calloway detail. I guarantee you, is. he pitched that. Good for him. And by the way, <laughs> can we just say that they fucking filmed like this insane intro it's for a, this thing that like they didn't even want to do? It's on syndication. Yeah, it's like not even no one like, sees it. This custom intro for this thing that's on it like midnight. <laughs> maybe on New York 55 like what some markets it's on at like 1 or 2 a.m. too (laughs) it's not always midnight anyway Vince and Sonny welcome us from the Mirage like we said yes and welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Vince uh, has khakis on, which I kind of found notable for some reason. And no jacket, because it's late. Like, 
even that's that's Vince, you know, casual. Yeah, khakis and yeah. no jacket, black shirt, black shirt. Yeah, we throw to Todd Pettengill, who is standing by the ring with his heel goatee. Yeah, he a fucking goatee. Where did this come from? <laughs> I, don't I don't even remember him having this what? this early on. <laughs> Hi, the Toster. I'm, I'm a heel now. <laughs> Hi, Toster. This is I'm cool. I, the, 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 you're not supposed to be up. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> you're not supposed to be up. This is the real me. This is odd too, especially like really though. Odd like Todd, Mister, Mister, like child friendly, and all this shit. Always and wearing a vest, wearing a fucking vest in a nightclub. It's Dr- odd. He dresses like Ferris Bueller. Yeah, he's, what a weird dude. <laughs> anyway, there's some nuns in the ring, mm-hmm. and some t- <laughs> Todd has some drunk guy about it. And apparently, we find out that these nuns that are in the ring are from a Tibetan order in the Himalayas. Quinn, Sister Angelica, and Mother Smucker. <laughs> this is all real, everyone. <laughs> One of them is Sister Angelica, and the taller of the two, Mother Smucker. Mother what? What'd you say? Mother Smucker. Wow. By the way, this is like their debut. Uh, this is their They've debut. They've never existed. I've never seen them. They've been made exclusively for Shotgun Saturday correct. They have their own characters. It's its own canon. It's on this is very much its own canon. This is its own canon, yeah. Yeah. So we now throw the footage from earlier today where the nuns were exiting St. Patrick's Cathedral. It's so weird. I love it. And like weird WWF, the best WWF. This is good. By the way, they filmed vignettes <laughs> yes. for this. They put- this, this thing that's not, nobody can see it. Like, it's amazing. It is. Uh, and Vince is, <laughs> I can't believe he said this. Mother Smucker, with a name like that, she must be good. Mother Smucker, with a name like that, uh, she must be good. I don't know. I actually laughed. Can we just also, just by the way, she, the whole time, they are girls. Yeah, that, they're, no, they're, they're allegedly women. No, they're nuns, obviously. Yeah. They're sisters. Can you believe she's doing this? Like, all the, like it's <laughs> this real. real. Yeah. Anyway, to the ring now where their opponents are the Godwins. The nuns attack from behind. Referee will be Mike Kyoto presiding here. And this is the yellow and red shirt edition of the Godwins, just so right. everyone's, you know, it's not the no shirt heel version. Although they would fit a little bit more into this That'd environment. That'd be a little better, yeah. I mean, it is hot anyway. The, the Uncle Cletus version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Quinn, the ring is, this is important, the ring is smaller, first of all. Mm-hmm. It's all black, and it's got yellow ropes. It's loud as fuck, <laughs> yeah, it's too. Rickety. It's It's like an NXT ring. It, it is. It looks, but it's like a pony ring. It's very because, small. Because it has to be. Yep. Like, to be quite honest. They can't put the, the 20 by 20 in there. They can barely fit the crowd. <laughs> like, this is this is how, like, tight this it is. is. You true. know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's a real tight fit. Is this ring on the dance floor or something? Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's, like, a gigantic post, like, to the left of hard cam. Good. Like, that this is slightly off camera, but I can kind of see it. It's like they are really, and, and the wall might be right behind that. It's, I'm not sure. So the first ECW show with Dick Graham and Stately Wayne Manor. Oh, where, that, <laughs> that thing was horrible, though. Don't you just love it? Yeah. Anyway, the Goblins fire back. Phineas takes on Angelica. The fans, very witty, chant, holy shit. Here we go. Holy cow. Yes. <laughs> Something like that in any event, Les. Henry tags in, wanders around, lock up side headlock by Henry. I want to note, just to make this more unique, the WWF signature in the corner is replaced by the shotgun badge. Again, they never do that. No, like, I know. This is weird. They replaced it's, the bug. They made a custom bug <laughs> for this. There is so much effort put into this show. <laughs> True. And it, again, syndicated in the middle of the night. Yep. That's like insane Brilliant. to me. If you just think of the first six weeks as like a mini series, like, yeah. you know, like Lonesome Dove or something. They could have sold back in the day when they were still doing DVDs. Yeah. They could have sold a DVD of just the first six episodes. They could have. Like, and people would have bought it. 
That's all it needed to be. They yeah. could have canceled the show after that. Yeah. It would was, have been better. It's perfect. I know. Anyway, Sonny is having issues with her headset, if you care. On Sister Angelica. And they're not doing too bad on the ring for nuns either. The audio sucking actually like works in this case because it's like, listen, look, look, look at, where look, we are. Look, look at this. I, I'm surprised they could fit Sonny in the building. Like, honestly, <laughs> I know it's very, very slipshod. Uh, Vince McMahon, PhD, now starts to finally think about, hey, maybe these nuns aren't women, but he, does, he doesn't know. He's not sure. He's only speculating. He's just speculating. Yeah. Meanwhile, we cut to Todd, who talks to Hillbilly Jim about yeah, this. Yeah, like in the middle of the match. What is this? <laughs> and uh, Hillbilly Jim's like, I don't, I don't give a shit. I'm just concerned about a match. <laughs> I hate this shit. Fuck these guys. <laughs> whatever he says. Yeah. And then Mr. Comedy over here, Todd's like, isn't this common where you come from? No. It's Todd. Just <laughs> I know. It's like, late. Like we but, said, yeah. when he's trying to be funny, it's not good. We're way past Todd's bedtime. <laughs> Does Let's he have to get honest. up and do a radio show on Monday? Yeah. Get some rest, well, man. Well, Saturday. I don't Still. Think, you know, like, oh, you think he needs a whole day's? Do something else. He needs to do like an 18-hour sleep or something. It'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. Be quieter. Uh, the goblins keep fucking around here with the nuns, and Phineas puts a wrist lock on Smucker. Tag back to Angelica. The crowd with a very timely go-to-hell chant. Oh, how nice. Very nice. Uh, lock up back in the corner goes Phineas, and Angelica with a chop. Phineas turns it around. Suddenly, Quinn... Brother Love appears ringside to take the nuns out of the ring. <laughs> just to make this shit get weirder. Yeah, brother like, Love. Did, okay, can we just, at this point, by the way, I want to say, this match is like taking place. Yes. But they're like jumping all over the place. Oh, like, yeah. Todd's interviewing people. At ringside. Like fucking new, these new managers are coming out. Yeah. Like fucking, they keep going back to Vince and Sonny at a table. Yeah. It's like they're they're going around checking out the, the club. Like, it's like, it's like. It's mad. Honestly. I think this, in a weird way, conveys like when you're really at a club and you're kind of jumping all over the place. You're like, "What's going on over there? What's going on over here?" On e, yeah, or you're just drunk. drunk. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like they somehow like uh, like Kerwin or whoever's doing this Probably is like Kerwin or Kevin is doing a great job. I agree with yeah. you. This is a good feel. Yeah. So anyway, Brother Love comes out and he tells the nuns that he loves them, and then they actually bow to him. This oddly makes sense, though, in WWF canon. Remember, brother sisters, love. and yeah. he's the yeah, he's the brother, right? He's the brother, the yeah. brother and the sisters. And there you go. Yeah. Uh, we get a break, and this we have commercials today. This is a very rare, but we have commercials well, today, folks. What the fuck was even on the commercials on New Year Fifty Five? <laughs> yeah, uh, we get a trailer for the Relic. I never saw it. I remember the ad, but I never saw the movie. I don't think I never did. Uh, next up, we have a kind of clever ad for NFL Game Day 97 on yep. PlayStation. Brett Favre's like having trouble, but thank God for PlayStation. It right? helps. It helps, it, Quinn. It, it's, they use it to like figure out the next play. It's real. They this do is, this. Try three wide rocket. <laughs> they blitz, it won't work. What about a quick slam? Okay, Mike, we're almost there. Then we get, <laughs> these were still on, Monster Jam commercials. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Grave Digger. <laughs> Eight trucks, that's right, including Snakebite. Bigfoot and Grave Digger, Quinn. Fuck yes. And kids come for $10. And Grave Digger. What's the value? Kids come for $10. These commercials were like a staple in our area. Yeah, like, I don't know I don't about, know about right. other people, but... Monster Jam. Monster Jam. You will die. <laughs> like Kids come for free or whatever. Like, as a kid, I thought legitimately if you went to this that it was, like, dangerous and that, like, the cars might crash into the audience or something based on, like, how they portrayed it. You never know. It looked rickety even on the commercial, but also the, like, menacing voice. You gotta love wrestling being able to have advertisements for something that is somehow lower on the cultural totem pole than <laughs> I'm sure they take wrestling. this ad. I, I'm sure they take this ad by simply because it makes them look better. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I'm sorry we didn't see the Raceway Park ad on here. Yeah, I, that, that was another common one. Raceway Park with the chipmunk voice that they, <laughs> that they, that they ripped off. <laughs> then we get one for a Little Caesars, I don't remember this, football-shaped Because the pizza. Super Bowl's coming up. I don't remember yeah. it, though. It's a weird commercial. Very sweaty man trying to make it past a dog, by the way. What's that about? Some like 90s sitcom dad style. You know, like, oh, honey, I almost made it. Oh, Uh there's a dog on my ass. Yeah. You know? This is what dads did in the 90s. They were like goofily, like, getting past dogs. I'll do that gladly. Do you think this is secretly like before our dads used to come through the the door to come to their coming home or whatever? That's like really what's going on out there. Like, if your dad's huffing and puffing a little bit when he comes in, but he's like, he doesn't, he never says. Folks, we want you to do something. Find out if your dad used to have a dog on his ass when you were a kid. There you go. It's very important to know these things. Oh, there's a lot of important things on this show. Absolutely. Back to the action, though, where this match is still going. Henry with a huge backdrop on whichever. It doesn't matter. Smucker mm-hmm. back in. Double team on Henry. Meanwhile, Vince is still acting like the nuns are women and it's stupid. Uh, so look at her or yeah, whatever. Everything they do. She did. Oh, my goodness. She. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. She, she, her, her. Like, just always. Meanwhile, one of them has a goatee. Yeah. <laughs> the nuns stay in control as Sonny keeps continuity here by reminding everyone that she led the Godwins to the tag championship, which is great because she didn't really, but she did. Remember? So here's the thing. Sonny is one of those people, as much as everyone, like, you know, talks about her her future from here. Well, yeah. She was still on here. Like, she was still, like, always very aware that she was on the show and she was aware of the canon of the show. I always liked Sonny on commentary because she would talk about the past. She's she would so refer good. to things that were going on and things that she did in her character. I'm going to make a comparison, but it's not totally fair because one person is sensational, Sherry. Yeah. But Sonny is the closest female talent in the 90s that they had to Sherry Martell, is all I'm yeah. going to say. They're not the same because Sherry was a wrestler and she it was, was a different it. thing. But in terms of like a, a TV personality, Sonny was damn good. Oh, yes. As an actual personality. And I think, you know, it's funny. They had two women at this time, Marlena and Sonny. And Sable. Uh, well, Sable, but wasn't she like newer at this point? Eh. Okay. But anyway, I always felt that the fans were always behind Sonny just because she was like, she talked more and she seemed like. She's a, entertaining. She seemed like an actual character with a backstory yes. and shit. She's entertaining. She's yeah. quick witted. She's funny. Like, that's why I liked her the best. I liked her the best always. Besides that, she was hot. But I mean, as far as like the characters were concerned, yeah. I like, think she's great. Yeah, she was really good. Really good. More double teaming by the nuns here. And like we were saying, Sonny is also actually a good commentator. Like, she's legitimately good at it. She's not bad. She's not. Wow, the whole building shook for that one. Smucker here goes up top, misses a big leg drop. Henry crawls for the tag. Smucker tags first, and now Phineas in with big rights on Angelica. The crowd boos the Godwins because fuck it, we got fucking nuns in the ring. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're going to cheer the nuns. Right. It's Irish, cool. It's cool. It's, it's different. They Same. still got the hats on. If, yeah, the nun hats. The, nun, the nun hoods or whatever they are. Sure. Irish whip by Angelica, <laughs> booting a nice drop kick. Brother Love then nails Phineas with the Book of Love. And it's all over. The nuns win. This was fun. It was weird. But wow, that was long. It was like 15 minutes or something. That was very long. But here's yes. the thing is that 73 things happened in those 15 minutes outside the ring. I know. So it kind of like didn't feel that long at the same time. Yeah. And this is the advantage of how they're, pro- they're, they're producing this tonight. 
Because they, like, they were cutting around and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. The, the match is like just the background. Yeah. Like there's all this nonsense going on, interviews and things. Agreed, yes. Yeah. Speaking of which, Todd now wants to know what the hell's going on, and he gets in the ring with Brother Love and the nuns, and Brother Love talks about how he heard Brother Backlund and how he was right about all the bullshit going on here. Well, take a look around while I heard Brother Backlund talk about the decadence. I heard him talk about the field and the slime, and I saw it here these Godwin boys amongst these heavenly beings, yes. But he says the nuns are virginal and have not, have not been touched by human hands. Except their own. <sighs> he then rechristens them the Sisters of Love. And he decides, you know what, th- this brand new team, let's call out Bulldog <laughs> and Owen, the tag champs, uh-huh. Razor and Diesel, the fake ones, mm-hmm. and Furnace and Philip LaFon. What? <laughs> Who do they think they are? Why would you even include Furnace and Philip LaFon in there? Who they're, cares they're, about they're, them? They're like the worst. Who fucking cares about them? They're, they're literally dumb. Like, they're just the worst team. Oh, they're great wrestlers. No one cares, JR. Everyone's like, who are these people? Are they brothers? Like, what? But they're great. But they're yeah. great wrestlers. Yeah. Do you realize what company you work for? Yeah, no one cares. No one gives a shit. It's crap! The nuns then do their own very bad brother love impressions, and then we finally end this fucking segment. Now, this lasted long, yeah. by the way. Like, and when did they get their big tag title shot? Well, they made one more appearance ever the following week. On Shotgun. Yeah. Yeah, they, they you know who they, they are, right? They, I know who they are. They're the headbangers. Yes, but okay. they only lived in the shotgun can. Yes, and it was only um, one other time. It's and even it's- got its own wrestlers, folks. <laughs> the shotgun certain night. Anyway, we get a quick bumper for the big WWF Holiday Hell tour. Uh, <laughs> well, you can really tell what they were like going for at this point. It's like holiday every, hell. Everything is chaos. Holiday yeah, hell. hell. Yeah, I want to go to that. I want to take my kids to Holiday <laughs> yeah. Hell. Right after Monster Jam, they yeah. get it for ten bucks. California, they're going to be in all throughout next week, and then Las Vegas, and then down to Al. El Paso, Texas, New York City, and of course the Alamo Dome in two weeks for the Royal Rumble. That'll be great because Shawn Michaels will win the title back. Yay. Good. Yeah, sure. And then he definitely defended it at WrestleMania 13. What? Todd has now wandered over to the VIP area and runs into Golos and Marlena, mm-hmm. who are faces now, by the way, in case right, you right. forgot. Is this when they were like hanging out with their kid on a beach and all that? This is during Dakota, that era. Yeah. yeah. During the Coda era. Yeah. And suddenly, Bob. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. Suddenly, Bob Backlund, yay, storms over and gives Marlena shit for, like, having boobs. <laughs> and he's also wearing sunglasses so that, that, like, flip up. It's incredible. He's wearing the flip up. What is that? Yeah. Why is he doing that? Because that's what dads wear. Like Dwayne Wayne from a different world. Yeah. Remember that show? Yeah, I remember it. Sinbad was on it. Anyway, the Sultan's... The Sultan now stupidly wanders over into the frame, which yeah, is funny. In full gear, <laughs> looking ridiculous. I love it. By yeah, the way. He just like, like creeps into the I frame. I mean, look at this place. Like he kind of just fits in, right? He it's does. Like, it's he, does New he doesn't York. even look weird. It's a club. That's the one thing. If you've never been to like New York City, people just dress however the fuck they want because there's so many damn freaks out on it the street even anyway. Matter. Like you could just wear your pants inside out, nobody would like even notice. No, you like, could wear no real, pants. By the way, you could wear no pants as long as you're not completely naked. Right. Nobody gives a shit. Especially if you're down near the Bowery, really no one will care. Yeah. <laughs> Back with a funny line. That's cleavage, young lady. It's yeah. funny. That's cleavage, lady. Oh, we got a break again. We get a very odd claymation commercial for Starburst. I do remember it. Oranges are scared of going to the Starburst nightclub. It's very 90s. <laughs> very 90s. It's very Play-Doh looking. Yeah. I don't, yeah. It's not good. Next up, a shitty truck 
backs up into someone's yard, and it turns out, Quinn, it's Crash Bandicoot. And he has to explain that PlayStation exists because remember when it was new? (laughs) Hey, remember us? Yeah, yeah, it's like, hey, you ever hear of PlayStation? (laughs) And, like, some people might be like, no. Like, you know what I mean? Because it was literally, like, the first couple years of PlayStation in, like, 95, 96, and even, like, early 97, like this... There wasn't that many people who might have had one just yet because it was like the other system. It was very new. It wasn't Nintendo. It it, wasn't Sega. It had disc. And people were like, what disc? We don't want that. Saturn had that. That sucks. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's, it's, it's interesting. The ads they did back then. I always found that the the early ads for PlayStation interesting because they're literally having to explain what the fuck it even is. And I'll tell you what, some of those ads were very successful. Yeah. Remember the old PlayStation? PlayStation. That's iconic. Yeah. yeah. No, there's so many. There's so many, like, they did so many good things, and even their print ads were like, your fucking ass is going to fall off. Like, they would actually say ass. Like, when you see these graphics, like, you know what I mean? It would be shit like that. It's like, Nintendo can't do this shit. We said it, yeah, shit. Remember, that was their big thing, we cuss. We cuss. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, bumper for Star Trek, the next generation. So the Klingon Empire faces extinction. Data gets to decide lives as being like a captain or something. And will Picard's past come back to haunt him? Find out next week on Star Trek The Next Generation. Now let me explain some things here, Joe. Monday at 11. Monday at NY 55. I'm a huge Star Trek fan. Yes, you are. I'm going to tell you something right here. Go ahead. These three things... 100% 100% happened in three different episodes. They show Worf when he, like, went, he just, like, fucking left the ship. Like, he, he's like, Picard, I'm out, my, like, family. And he's like, okay. And right. he just, like, lets him leave, even though he's, like, working on, like, a, a, you know, like, an actual military ship. You can't just do that. But anyway, he lets him leave. So that's one separate episode. You're not bitter about this, are you? I'm just upset how they portrayed it here. Data, he, that's when they, like, they're fighting, like, some battle, and Data gets to command another vessel. That's a completely other fucking thing. Okay. And this Picard passed. This is when the fucking, like, Tasha Yar's time paradox daughter comes back. Again, completely different thing. These are all three different episodes. Why did they act like it was one? You know, you should probably write a letter. Yeah, seriously, New York 55. You gotta get your fucking Star Trek straight. Assholes. Yeah. Now some middle-aged folk and their puppy want to know what the Sloman Shield is all about. Calm. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. All right, we're back. Next week, by the way, Shotgun Saturday Night will be at the All-Star Cafe. As Sean dances on the car more, <laughs> which is probably just the alternate angle of the yeah, other shot. literally is. Yeah. Meanwhile, one of them... Um, Oh, it's Masquerita Sagrada, actually, is dancing with some ladies inside. This is all real, by the way. He's there. Just dancing with ladies. He's there. Why not? It's New York, baby. Like, anything can happen. That's normal. Again, normal in New York if you've never been here. Yeah. Uh, Sultan Goldust suddenly starts. It's like the matches in the ring. Sultan versus Goldust. Goldust slugs it out and knocks the Sultan from the ring. That Rikishi Shredder over (laughs) there. Because of the mask. Yeah. Yeah, That's pretty good. The referee, I kid you not... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Billy Silverman? How he makes it on everything. Why? Even in the shotgun cannon, he exists. How does he do it? Why is he still there? I don't know. Yeah, isn't he, like, also in WCW <laughs> right now? Like, I swear, isn't he just also in WCW? I don't know. He might be. Like, he might have been on Nitro that night. I'm not sure. <laughs> what if it's just, like, a joke between, like, WCW and WWF? That's like The whole Billy, wrestling world. The Billy Silverman's just, he's like a free agent. He's allowed to go anywhere. <laughs> that's great. But like he, they just see, there's like an open door policy. He just shows up the night of. You need a ref tonight? Yeah. Okay. Well, you're Billy Silverman, <laughs> of, of course. He just carries both shirts in his bag. You yeah, know, the, the WCW? Yeah. <laughs> I'm licensed in both federations. 
Anyway, the action spills outside. Sultan gets the upper hand. He tosses Goldust into the post, but Goldust blocks, reverses into the steps back inside. Now, right hands by Dust. Big clothesline for two. Sleeper by Goldust. You know, I didn't know he knew the sleeper, Quinn. Yeah, if Savage was there, that's exactly what he would say. <laughs> Meanwhile, Todd is with, <laughs> is with Bob Backlund at ringside. Again, I love how this just jumps around. Yeah. It's like, who cares about the match? What, what's happening in, like, the club part? So Todd tries to get his attention for, like, a minute. He's like, Mr. Backlund! Mr. Backlund! Look at my goatee! Mr. Backlund! And then Backlund suddenly yells, I can't hear without my glasses on! How is he so good? I don't know. He then calmly talks about how the Sultan shouldn't be able to see boobs because it warps his mind and then suddenly snaps, stand up straight when I'm talking to you! It's incredible. I love it. It's so good. Sir, stand up straight when I'm talking to you! Uh-oh. You were bent over, I could- I'm trying to think and you're bothering me! Sultan, meanwhile, with some stomps. Yeah, with the pointy boot. Very pointy. And then a nice Sultan nerve hold here. Sonny tells people, you know what, hey, hon, just come down to the Mirage if you love close by. We still got like 30 minutes left, hon. You know, she talks like every New Jersey mom, Joe. Like, the huns and all that stuff. This is like my childhood. This is like your mom's friends. Like, you know what I mean? I know what you like, mean. It, it, exactly the same. The thing about Sonny is she's 24 here. It's yeah. crazy how young she is. I know. 24. Yep. I met her around this time. Hey, hon. She I probably mean, she, did. She 100% called me hun. She was a body Donna, though, right? At the time, still? I think so, yeah. yeah. But, but still, there was no skip there, good. Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying, back he then... He skipped the event. Yeah, I, skip wasn't one of my favorites back in the it day. was no one's favorite. I liked him in ECW better. Yeah, of course, but yeah. no one's favorite WWF wrestler was right. skip. It was just Sonny at the flea market. Yeah, which is, which again, is appropriate. Which is the most New Jersey shit ever. Yeah, especially for her. Yeah. Anyway, leg drop by Sultan gets two. Two. Fat too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Vince suddenly accuses Bob Backlund of being a pervert. Sonny agrees with that. Power slam by Sultan gets two. <laughs> this is great segment. Todd wanders over to Vince and Sonny to bitch about Bob Backlund. Yeah, just to say he sucks, basically. <laughs> so then Backlund comes over and starts screaming off mic. If you can't handle it, I'd be glad to do it for you. What's wrong with him? I know. He's crazy. I thought you worked with a crazy man almost every weekday. This is unbelievable. needs to calm the fuck down right now. Like, this is out of hand, right? It's insane. Vince needs to... What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's, like, amazing. It's so good. More nerve holds in the ring, by the way. What, this, what even is this? It doesn't even matter, this match. Like, what even is it? I figured it out here. They have the ambiance, right? Right. They have the chaos and the uniqueness, right? They have that all nailed down. But they're working, like... Coliseum video style matches. So you know I what wanna, I mean? I want to say this at this point. I thought the nerve holds were simply Sultan doing that so that they could take the camera off. Probably. So that Bob can do all the nonsense outside. Because like they don't, because then the viewers like, oh, I'm missing the action. So if he's just doing a nerve hold, action. I'm not missing any action. There hasn't been much to miss. I know, but I, I'm saying that's intentional. Maybe. So that the other stuff can happen. Maybe. Uh, we're finally out of the nerve hold, by the way. Irish whip by Goldust. But, but, because who even cares anymore mm-hmm. in this match? Doing a but, 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 but. Sultan regains the upper hand, though, and lands a falling headbutt. He tosses Goldust outside and then happily picks up a chair, which Silverman yanks away. The crowd boos that. Mm-hmm. Goldust then fires back with the rights, and Sultan slams him in the steps back inside. Corner whip by Sultan. Charge misses. Goldust with a nice swinging neck breaker. Ten punches in the corner by Dust. Then a big bulldog for two. Goldust with a taunt. 
transpose thing. I don't know. Got his special meter up. Special meter, right? Yeah. He runs at Sultan, but gets Samoan dropped, and Quinn Uh to Sultan's not even from Samoa. Oh, yeah, true. But at least he made a difference with that move. Why is this match so long? (laughs) Again, this is the second match where, like, Maybe open fifty five percent into the yeah, show. Like, this is crazy. And why fifty five percent? Yeah. Anyway, New York fifty five percent. Anyway, now uh, Sultan does a camel clutch, you know, because Iron Sheik is also involved in this angle, even though he's not here. Remember, like mm-hmm. Backlund co manages him with the Sheik. It's yeah. real. And then we have the fucking Sultan, and he will make people humble. I gotta be honest with you. There's what? a reason Iron Sheik isn't there because it. I, this would be really hard for him to walk in this place. Like it's so small. In ninety seven, he was okay, wasn't he? No, a little, no, a little, no, a little iffy by '97, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Anyway, Marlena now hops on the apron, and very famously, this is a notable moment. She takes her dress off, and Sultan kind of likes it, right? He's like, "Oh, yeah." And Backlund hilariously storms in. <laughs> this guy's like a physical comedian here. It's unbelievable. All of this is just great. He storms in, throws a jacket over Sultan's face. Turns into fucking curly, fucking yeah. flopping around. All goofy. This is fantastic. Every bit of this is wonderful. Really good stuff. He gets Sultan the hell out of there, takes the count out loss. Meanwhile, Sonny stays consistent with both character and real life and bitches about Marlena stealing her thunder. So Todd comes in to announce the winner. Marlena, I mean Goldust. That was silly, but I actually like that was Todd actually having timing for once. It's very rare. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Sunny is still pissed, Quinn. Well, she wanted to show her boobs, too. So <laughs> whoever gets to show the boobs first is going to be remembered I for that night. You know, in, in, at least on this show. Yeah, of course. I mean, Sonny's not going to have this moment in WWE She'll history. She'll never get this back. Yeah. Got a break for uh, an army commercial. A little bit of a shift there. Be all that you can be, like that classic yep, ad. Classic. Then, when you were a kid, it was great having fun, but now you have to work all the time. And your job sucks ass. So to fix that, why don't you chew double mint gum? Now your job sucks less. Why don't more people know about this trick? Just the gum. That's it. <laughs> I gotta keep some gum on the side of my That's table. All you have to, oh, you're having a bad day? Have some fucking gum. That'll fix everything. Specifically double mint. Oh, your wife left you? You got fired from your job? You lost your house? Have some double mint. It'll all be Everything's okay. better. Yeah. He's just like living on a prairie. Like everything's perfect. He has yeah. all the money in the world. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, now Buick of Smithtown High will make you have a better time buying a car. <laughs> Very what 90s mom, was... all concerned and tied up in chains. What's that? I don't know. She's like, it's so hard. To I buy hate a car. buying a car. My last used car shopping trip, I felt like Houdini. I couldn't wait to escape. Next. If you need to get rid of your armpit hair or mustache or whatever, go to Jerry Ann Electrolysis. The audio quality on this is horrible. And also, what the fuck even is this ad? Like, seriously, this is like, this is quintessential, like, middle of the night ads. If you have a body hair that you don't like, you go to Jerry Ann Electrolysis. It'll be really good for you to, to make sure that you get rid of your body hair. And we can do it in the way that nobody else can. Today, you can remove unwanted hair forever through a unique patented process found only at Jerry Ann Electrolysis. I went there and they really changed my life. Or what, <laughs> like it's like a testimonial, like they shaved my life. They shaved my life. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're back. We're Goldust is now on the dance floor, crawling to Marlena on, the, on his hands and knees. So she spanks him. This is insane. What are we doing this here? This is like insane show. Especially for the WWF. Yeah, what? Everywhere you turn, it's just craziness. This is, it really is. Uh, Sonny's still pissed. We get a replay of the boobs. And then Sonny Quinn, she promises a very special surprise yes, next please. week. Yes, please. Okay, what is it? 
One of her home sex tapes. Holy shit. This show. Wow. Wait, well, she's going to one-up her, huh? Yeah, she pooted. Anyway, the Nation of Domination. Music hits. Farouk, maybe? That'd be good. It'd be yeah, good that would be Far- great. I like him. Yeah, and he cuts a badass promo or he- something. Oh, it's Crush. <laughs> Literally the entire place is disappointed. I'm not kidding. Like the, It dies when they see it's Crush instead of Farouk. He's so awful. Also, by the way... I think they would have preferred Savio Vega. He wasn't like, in it yet, though. He oh, was okay. almost yeah, in it. Yeah, I was going to say, like, if it was Savio, people would like, been oh, fine. Yeah, everyone would be like, awesome. He's a good wrestler. <laughs> anyway, this is the first match where there's actually a ring introduction. But, like, Todd Pettengill is apparently the ring announcer for this show. You know oh, what's that? weird. Yeah, it's like, really just weird. make it more weird. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, from Kona, Hawaii. Please welcome the nation's crime! Anyway, D'Lo Brown is with the nation, by the way, unnamed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Kyoto, the ref again. And of course, crushes opponent. Of course, it's Ahmed because that's what they were doing. Perpetual <laughs> dude here. But I got to say, Quinn, Ahmed looks fucking awesome. Awesome. He gets like a Goldberg entrance with security. He looks really cool. And he has really like a cool. do-rag yeah. on it. He just looks like he's about to kick Crush's stupid butt. Like Good. Screw this guy, right? It's you, like, you know what? It's like we're in the we're in the club at night. There ain't no fucking rules yeah. here. I'm gonna kick his ass. Doobie boy. Yeah. <laughs> fucking doobie boy, man. I'm gonna immediately take down Crush. They roll around. Crush with a headbutt though, and I'm in with a sloppy body slam. And I swear. It's Todd. Wait, what? That I didn't starts that. the jailbird chant. You can hear Todd's unmistakable <laughs> timbre of his voice. <laughs> jailbird. And it's then everyone starts. Hit. Yep. Federation for some time. Anyway, Ahmed then t- <laughs> Ahmed tosses Crush out and drops him on the guardrail. Good. <laughs> Randy Savage will be happy. Mm-hmm. You know what? He did that to me. I didn't really like that back in '93. Sorry. Imagine Randy Savage on this. He was almost. Returned in '97. You know that. In like either between Halloween Havoc and this, I, I would have loved back. an edgy Almost Randy Savage, but in WWF attitude, edgy, not fucking WCW edgy. Like the one that feuded with DDP. You mean right? But yeah, here, but, but here, but also like I'm saying, because I know the attitude version of him would definitely have been different. I'm uh, gonna rock out with my cock out. You know what I'm saying, girl? He would have just own. fucking straight up cursed all the time. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> And they'd just be like, well, he's Randy Savage. He's crazy. Like, we can't control him, right? Can you imagine a Steve Austin? I don't want to t- tangent too much, but a Steve Austin, Randy Savage, 97 oh God, feud. Oh, my would be amazing. Or Brett Savage. You know, Savage would pull out some bullshit where he'd somehow be good at wrestling. Of still. course. You know what I mean? Even at, like, 45. Literally, like, 45. He wouldn't care. He'd be like, I'll do it. I don't like, fucking care. I'll do it right now. Anyway, back in, I'm with a rope clothesline. He 360s himself out of the ring. Goes about 15 feet back on this the dance awesome, floor. by yeah. the way. Runs, leaps over the top rope with a flying clothes, and it was fucking good. And weirdly, Vince, like, barely yeah. even cares. What the hell? He's just what? like, that was a nice maneuver. Yeah. Like, just n- not like, oh, my God, like, how he should be. He flew over the rope. Almost like he was mad, like, maybe he didn't want him to get injured, so he was pissed he did that. Maybe, yeah. yeah it's like, Boss he's got Vince. a fucking live show tomorrow. Like, you know what I Guy always gets hurt. Yeah, Exactly. Crush with a low blow that Kyoto doesn't see. Great. And then a big kick. Todd now is with Clarence Mason at ringside, and Todd wants to know where the nation goes from here. And Clarence Mason says, you know what? Crush has been misused, abused, confused, but now he's being guided by the nation. None of this even matters because it involves Crush. (laughs) So just shut up. 
I love your hatred. He's of, so bad. He's the worst. Yeah, but Kona Crush is the best. No. Karate. Karate. Crush. He's coming off karate. <laughs> he is coming off the karate. Imagine Karate Crush in a Karate Fighters commercial. No. As long as he has I a think gi. one of the, the Karate Fighters figures even just looked like Karate Crush anyway. <laughs> so. Yeah, they wrestled like him mm-hmm. too. Crush, meanwhile, with some dazzling stomps and punches. Nice belly to belly, at least. I'll give him that. Todd starts another Jailbird chant, so Crush puts on a full Nelson. Ahmed quickly breaks, maybe because of fingers. I didn't it's get to 100% see. It's 100% the fingers. <laughs> I, I was looking. I, I even you? put in my notes, he didn't get the fingers. He didn't get the fingers? No, he definitely didn't. Gorilla would be like, what the fuck? Like, imagine, they should have just, while you're doing shit, you might as well just have Gorilla storm out. Be like, hey, none of that fucking fingers! <laughs> Does it count or something? Todd, By decree of the president. And Todd's like, hey, what are you doing here, gorilla? Todd, shut the fuck up. I don't Get like... the fuck out of here, Todd. Shave your face for crying out loud. Gorilla, like, all happy because he can, like, talk how he really talks. Yeah. And smoke. Yeah. You know he smoked. Smoking a cigarette. Yep. Good. Ahmed with a scissor kick to the back of the head. He sets up the Pearl River plunge, but D'Lo wanders in, draws a DQ. Punches by D'Lo have no effect, so Ahmed with a huge spine buster. Pearl River plunge set up on D'Lo now, but Cru- uh, Crush attacks from behind and they beat down Ahmed. <sighs> Crush finds himself a chair, nails Ahmed with it, but suddenly Goldust and the Goblins come out to make the save. Weird. And Hillbilly also runs out because, you know what, why not? Hi, folks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. The help. The help. The heels run away, so the faces give chase. This was cool, Quinn. Mm-hmm. Throughout the mirage, out the back exit to the street. Now, you say that like it's long. It's not it's, long. It's like literally like... 15 feet? Yeah, maybe. No, it's not yeah. big, but Ahmed, this is great, though, like in terms of visual presentation, is beating the shit out of D'Lo in front of a truck on 56th it's Street. Awesome. It's really awesome. He tosses D'Lo onto a car, climbs up onto the roof... And gives D'Lo the Pearl River plunge on the fucking top of a car. Fuck, man. That was awesome. Really good. Man, what is this show? It's it's really different for God, them. It's so good. And again, I keep saying for them because it is very heavy on the ECW influence. The funny part is it almost feels like now that we're talking about it and I'm thinking about it, it almost feels like they're just experimenting for like yeah. what they should do on Raw. Right, Like right. to compete. Feeling it out. This and, is this show very much feels like, well, it's on in the middle of the night, so we could do whatever the fuck and see if it works. Right? Maybe, Quinn. Yeah. Maybe. So we go to break. As we see a rider truck in the background <laughs> really it. like dating this shit. Yeah, I saw that yeah. too. And we're informed that, uh, guess what? Sonic 3D Blast is coming. In case you care. I don't. They said that was on Saturn. I feel Saturn. like that was on Genesis also. Maybe I'm just 3D Blast? Yeah. I don't think so. Then we get a baseball-themed Selsun Blue commercial. Well, Dandruff can fuck up your baseball games. Like a professional one, by the way. Yeah, I remember that one, actually. Then we get a trailer for Jackie Chan's First Strike. The movie was actually old, if I recall. I don't know. It was from, like, 1990 or something, and they just, like, repackaged it. You know what? You might be right, because he wasn't really known too much until, what, 95? Isn't this the one that Nerd talked about how it's called First Strike, but But it's it's actually the sequel to the other one? (laughs) I think you're right. And they had to name that second one Operation Condor or something, because that was called, like, First Something. You know what, Quinn? I think you're right. Yeah. But I don't know if it was... I think this isn't that old. I think it might be, like, 96 or Mm -hmm. something like that, but still. Who cares? Then we get the same Sonic 3D Blast commercial again. Are they serious? Like what? <laughs> I don't How did like they mess? And you know what? Again, middle of the night, they bought the ads, so they just said <laughs> yeah. like, f- maybe they like fucked up like the 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 operator at the station. And he was like supposed to put it on earlier. It's like, oh shit, and we have to like, fit. <laughs> we can't do one after the other, but we can fit it in the same break. Do a little later. Yeah. Now Monday, 
Some hotels have really bad fire code violations. Nobody's changing the fucking fire alarms. Like this, like old man, like he's like practically like dancing around the fucking like like this apartment that's burned out. <laughs> Plus the OJ civil trial. OJ trial two. All this on Monday at 5 p.m. on American Journal. What? <laughs> what the fuck is that? It's fucking local is what it yeah. is. Next, that scary motherfucker Bruce Davis for 1-800-LAWYERS. An ambulance chaser and noted vampire. God! If you've been hurt by anything, a car accident, a fall, a doctor, a hospital, you may be entitled to a large cash award. Have you been hurt in a fall or a limousine crash or a bizarre hockey accident? Call 1-800-LAWYERS. He looks like an actual, like, he looks like um, Tony Garea on commentary. Looks like Dan Severin's dad. <laughs> yeah, maybe. The fucking mustache, man. Holy shit. Have you had some type of injury? Maybe you hurt yourself, you sprained an ankle, whatever you did. Did you fall? Did someone push you? Call 1-800-LAWYERS. thing. I grew up in the tri-state area in the 90s just like Joe. People look like that. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> This guy, no, they did. It's very not uncommon. That guy is very much like in your neighborhood. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's you, on a list, also. Yeah. But <laughs> have you choked on a kielbasa recently? You needed the high muck. You broke a rib. Call one eight hundred lawyers. You know. Anyway, we're back where Vince uses the word "notwithstanding" incorrectly as usual. <laughs> we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Notwithstanding what happened moments ago outside, we're back inside. Anyway, notwithstanding, Masquerita Sagrada is going to face Mini Vader. Remember Mini Vader and Mini Mankind yeah, and all that? It's all real. Minis. It's real. But first, we get a short clip. This Again, is, they filmed this for this. This is so good. We're at the Port Authority now, where Mini Vader was picked up by Jim Cornette, because of course Cornette manages Mini Vader also. Right, yeah, well, if you got Vader, Mini Vader's part of the package, right? Why did they call it Mini Van Vader? <laughs> oh, they missed the been, boat! Oh, that would have been good. Anyway, he's been picked up by Cornette, and he really has to pee. And some kid won't stop getting afraid. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, don't fucking leave. Yeah. Like, like, like the camera's like really trying to get past this this kid with a bowl cut. It's re- and then also like they go in the bathroom and Sonny's like, you wait, you can't go in the men's can't room. Can't do that, hon. I'm a girl. I can't see that like very much like that WWF kid for kids mentality. I, I can't see that, hon. Like, I'm wholesome. But then she remembers it's on at midnight. Yeah. And then she's not wholesome. <laughs> yeah. Now, can you imagine actually being at the Port Authority? Never mind. It's probably not that weird. Also, if you're how in New did York. Mini Vader pee when he has like a singlet over his like legging tights? It's wrestling physics. You know, like, how would he get? Like, how would he do that? And he's also like sadly like he couldn't reach the, <laughs> he urinal. Reach the urinal. Like, there's so many problems for Mini Vader here, and it, I, I, I literally was like, oh, that was very sad. Yeah. Short segment though. Uh, back to the ring where Todd is in the ring to invite Sonny to dance the Mascarita. What? It's the Macarena, Quinn. Welcome to the 90s. Yeah, this is really happening. Remember the Macarena? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Todd fucking... This <sighs> <laughs> is like if you had Todd host a cotillion or something. But, <laughs> like, this is like, look, look. I try to look for the good in Todd when he's being serious and like, Shawn Michaels will be taking on Mankind yeah, or whatever. Yeah, like when he's good. When he's fine. He does a fucking PLJ-style parody song here with the shitty lyrics. It's poor. Why do they let him do humor in front of a crowd? God, I could give him props maybe for remembering the words, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. I, the fans hate it, by the way. They're like, what? Mascarita, he is going to beat the Vader in a barbecue tater, like you whatever it is. The crowd is like... 23-year-olds. <laughs> like, they're like, who are these dorks? They hate PLJ. Yeah, nobody, they listen to K-Rock and shit. 
Right. Howard Stern. Listen to Stern or Opie and Anthony. They don't fucking listen to PLJ. I'll tell you that much. And they don't listen to Todd in the morning. That's for damn sure. (laughs) People that Sonny acts like or who listen to PLJ. Moms. Suburban moms. You know who listens to PLJ? Suburban moms. Suburban moms, but because their kids want Howard Stern. (laughs) But they're like, that's too too much. And Todd is like fake Howard Stern for kids. God, you're right. It's totally what it is. And the moms, even even the moms kind of like... Even ugh. they know. Like, they're just in the car. It's like, as soon as these kids get the fuck out of the car and go into the school, I'm going to, like, turn on Stern. Drink. Yeah. My name is Loomis Buckby from Woodbridge, and I'm calling out of county. You people owe me some serious cash. How you doing that, Bobo? This is a Matskant Patakatank, and I get a bad dry cleaner. Whatever. It's all bad. Low rent Stern. Hard, not even. Like yeah. low rent Opie jerky Anthony. boys. Yeah. Anyway, Mini Vader attacks from behind us. Cornette wanders on the commentary, immediately bitches about Mini Vader. Sagrada wanders over, miss, misses a bunch of flippy shit, kind of like now. Uh, eventually, Cornette gets even more pissed and leaves the table to hop on the apron. And he calls timeout, which I guess Quinn, you can just do now. It's not even a real match yeah, anyway. All right. Yeah. Good point. Uh, to break, where we get a very serious commercial about having fun. You guessed it. Double mint gum. <laughs> <laughs> and then Monday, make sure you watch Point Break. 8 o'clock on NY55. Big, big one for that. Big one. This channel, the fact that it was still doing this in 90s, <laughs> this is like an 80s trope. Yeah. Or a 70s trope to replay really old movies and mm-hmm. crap. Nice to see that lived on a while. Yeah, New York 55, keeping the torch alive. Exactly. Uh, and then, Quinn, Monster Jam again. The fucking monster trucks are coming. Monster Jam. Kids tickets for $10. <laughs> Hi, we're back to the Mirage where Masquerita has done a plancha to the floor on Mini Vader. Back in Mini Vader with a punch. Vince clarifies, by the way, Quinn, that Sagrada is the one wearing white. You know, just in case you couldn't <laughs> tell that the guy dressed like fucking Vader is Mini Vader. <laughs> what if What if it was that confusing? <laughs> it's not like we haven't seen shit like that happen before in wrestling. True. Uh, Vince then plugs next week with Marrow and Sable. Sonny hates that because Sable. So she, yeah. plugs, she plugs her sex tape even more. I couldn't believe this, by the way. She needs to calm down. Isn't She's this, like really like all over this. Like, you know what I like about down, it? Hon. Isn't um, this the one with like Tickle Me Elmo or something or Elmo? Maybe. I don't I know. I don't want to know, actually. Please don't tell mm-hmm. us. People are going to tell us now. Please don't tell us Matthew Toy and Kelly Smallwood and Joe Merkel and Chuck Mess <laughs> and Peter Koska and all you guys. Don't tell us. I don't want to know. They're going to. Anyway, Masquerade goes all the way up top. Lands a flying head scissors to send Vader out of the ring. He then leaps off the top to the floor with a big splash. Vader might have moved, though, because he tosses Masquerita back in. I don't know. You can't see. It's dark. No one cares. They're small. It, so Masquerita with a hurricanrana and then back up top for a missile drop kick for three. And I'm not even joking. That gets like the biggest pop of the night. Because it was like, it, I'm not he surprised. jumped pretty high in this tiny place. Yes. Like it, and he's tiny, too. It was it was made. They're tiny. They're toony. They're all a loony. Yeah. And honestly, this was not a bad thing. No, this, this match. is fine. Like, because, like, every, well, it's not a crush match or flying right. nuns or whatever. I, the crowd was like, this is a great way to end the show. Cornette, of course, is all pissed, immediately berates Mini Vader. Boo! Like, the crowd, they're not even putting up with that shit. It's not nice. Like, what's this old man beating up a midget? What is this shit? It's called AEW. Yeah. Uh, he takes off his stupid coat. I'm sorry. Don't write me letters, okay? It was just a joke. 
Uh, he takes off his stupid coat and challenges Mascarita himself. Cornette then proudly has, by the way, a ketchup red shirt on. Again, like, his his nightclub shirt. Yep. Finest polyester. Mm-hmm. Mini Vader hides behind Cornette on all fours, and Mascarita then pushes him over. All right. They then take off Cornette's pants, and of course, he gets all sad and leaves. Vince humor. Extremely. I had the same notice. Yeah. Vince humor. He, <laughs> you know, he wrote that part specifically. Oh, what he, if the show went off with somebody getting pantsed? <laughs> That's probably the funniest fucking thing. And you know, it's midnight. We can get away with it. You know, I did this in military school. Yeah. Pal. You know, like that type of Remember, thing. Remember, he did. He it, did. It was on that A&E or whatever that was. Yep. Now, a very poor local commercial about how winter weather sucks, you know. So you should just go to aid auto stores and winterize your shit. And now, just to make Quinn happy, here's Doc Hendricks in the chin room to hype up the big... January 25th, Ugh. MSG show. He's like, well, hell, I'm here. Hey, NYC, New York, New York. Get ready because the World Wrestling Federation returns live to the most famous arena in the world, Madison Square Garden. I can't believe he's still this in Couldn't January of 97. Him in earlier just so we don't have to like go down on a sour note here. Can, can they have Ray do these? I like yeah. when Ray... Hello, how are you? We're going to be in Madison Square Garden. The Mecca of sports entertainment. <laughs> We're going to have Sid versus The Undertaker. Shawn <laughs> Michaels, the world champion against mankind and Bret Hart versus Vader. They probably save him for when they're in the Maritimes. <laughs> just saying. I don't know if he likes the Maritimes. This is a Montreal, man. Oh, the Rougeos, well, they don't like the Maritimes. Well, Montreal or Memphis, I don't yeah. know. But anyway, that's not a bad lineup. Oh, plus Austin versus Goldust. And this is interesting, Quinn. You touched upon this briefly. Right. Ahmed and Savio oh. taking on Crush and Farouk. I wonder how that's going to go down. This may be the one where Savio turns. Right, I right. can't remember if that's February or not. But anyway, tickets start as low as $10. Call Ticketmaster, damn it. So you can go to this or Monster Jam for 10 bucks. I picked Monster Jam, actually. I, I picked this. Really? You need to watch well, a bunch of trucks run over a bunch of cars. Yeah, but is it mainly just because you want to see the Ahmed Savio thing? Because you know none of this is going to matter. No, it's because I like wrestling more than trucks. I'm just saying. Like Jay Leno over here. Hey, you know, the Monster Truck is pretty good thing. But My over point here, is it's, it's late 96, early 97. It's like the first week of 97. We don't know WF's going to be good yet. Sean versus Mankind, though. Sid, mm, Bret Hart. I mean, is, there's some good stuff going on. That's true. Austin. Anyway. That's actually a tough pick. I know. Like, in early 97. I ain't going to no monster gym. You think they have good food there? No. I bet you they got good nachos. hot dogs. Yeah, hot dogs I, and yeah. nachos. But the food's better than WF. Folks, if you've ever been to Monster Jam, you know what to do. Let us know at Ogden, Utah. Anyway, back to Shotgun, where uh, Sonny is dancing on the table and promises a sex tape next week. Really we, big on the sex tape, huh? Very big. Meanwhile, Cornette, speaking of big, wanders over outside without pants. <laughs> and that, my friends, is WWF Shotgun in a nutshell. I got to tell you, Quinn, this was so stupid, but so different, so fun, kind of wild, wacky, chaotic. The wrestling was pretty bad. It doesn't matter, though. But it doesn't matter. I like this whole thing. Yeah, this is so fun. One of the rare instances WWF had a show that was like completely different yes. than anything they had. Thumbs up, and anybody who, who thinks WF is incapable of doing different things should watch this show. Yeah. It's just a classic. It is. No, it's fun. Yeah. Now, I understand why the concept couldn't be held up longer. I it's get too it. nuts. Yeah, and it's not sustainable, right? Yeah. If they're gonna How be are a, you going to do this every week? They're a nationally touring promotion. You can't, I can't even believe they did six weeks of this. <laughs> That's, That's a, a lot. lot. It is a lot. Maybe three episodes uh, seem like the tops. Seriously. Uh, so thank you, Kelly Smallwood. Hmm. For your uh, suggestion there, and please, fans, feel free to suggest anything that you want us to review on our Facebook group. In the meantime, I want to remind you of a couple other things as we wind it down here. Follow us on Twitter. There's no more clips right now, but there's other things, so follow us there. 
There's also important announcements sometimes. Join the group if you want to talk about the old stuff. And if you're interested in hearing about the old stuff, like the pay-per-view reviews in the 83, soon to be 84 canon, that is on patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But until next week, where it will be summer, Quinn, mm-hmm. I am Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn. Thank you guys for being with us. And we are out of here. See ya. The masquerade. He comes from a place where you shouldn't drink the water. Not much taller than my two-year-old daughter. He'll bite later, like a gator. When he steps into the ring with Minnie Vader, he's no widget. He's a midget, and his favorite TV show is Gidget. He's got the prowess and the quickness of a cheetah, small enough to swallow like a human pocket pita. He's getting more attention than Madonna in a Vita. He's Masquerita. Stop!